Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I think that it's inevitable. By 2031, PJ, we will have a cashless society. He was out of it, like, and he kept complimenting me. I didn't even feel safe in my own city. Join the conversation. Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Good morning. What a morning. It's uh, dirty out there and mucky, but it's going to clear. We've got some nice frosty mornings ahead, and then the back end of the week will be kind of mild, uh, dampish. Weekend, next weekend looks okay. Looks like you might get out and get a start maybe on on clearing up the garden and stuff like that. That's next weekend. But uh, let's get to this week. Um, and by the course, next weekend is St. Bridget's weekend, the February weekend, which is great. First long weekend. I say it's the second long weekend of the year, but it's lovely to see that coming up now next weekend. Before before St. Bridget did, did us a favour and gave us all a new national holiday, we had to um, wait until St. Patrick's Day for a long weekend. That's a long or so bit of time between New Year and and Patrick's Day. All right, good morning to you Monday morning. 0818969696, the number, the text or WhatsApp, 0833969696. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Can you tell you, or can I tell you, we are all just a little bit cross, a tiny bit cross. In fact, we're very cross here this morning in the Opinion Line office. Very cross indeed. That's Bambi Thug, Doomsday Blue. You could hear it all over the place the weekend. This happened late on Friday night. We've got ourselves a winner. Let's make it official tonight. Off you go. I'm so honoured to say that our public have decided to award our 12 points to song two, Doomsday Blue. Let me tell you what happened. On Friday evening at half past six, I sent a text message to Bambi Thug, uh, 
wishing Bambi the very best of luck with Doomsday Blue. Got a lovely voice message back thanking me and the team. And I said, look, if it goes well, can we talk on Monday? And yeah, absolutely. Then after the show, I sent a voice message and a text and I got a picture. A friend of mine, my good friend Ken O'Sullivan was at the after show reception. We got pictures sent through. Everything was looking forward. Bambi was looking forward to talking to me here this morning. We had it all booked in. Nailed down, all tickety-boo. Bambi was to be first guest on the Opinion Line this morning. As you'd expect, you know, Cork Act wins your song, is heading off to Melbourne, and I'm saying it here now. I'm saying it here now. People ask me over the weekend that know I'm into Eurovision for a very long time. What do you think? What is that? I said, that is our best prospect in 20 years. And I say it now without fear or favour. Bambi Thug, Doomsday Blue, is our best Eurovision prospect in 20 years. Just having sat and thought about it and researched it and whatever over the weekend. So why isn't Bambi here on the end of the line this morning? I will tell you why. Because we got no, we got word this morning. It would be just after quarter past eight. We got word this morning that Bambi Thug had been pulled from our running order. By the radar she saw. We... Nobody gets to speak to Bambi Thug. A Cork artist had been pulled for the Ray Darcy show on RTE. No interviews can be given to any of Bambi's own local media until the Ray Darcy show has had its bite of the cherry. An afternoon show. Like, we might have said, well, look, if they want to put Bambi on with Oliver Callan or whoever it is just after nine or Clareborn, maybe just after ten, so we get him in the last hour. That's fine. But no. And it's not the first time they've done this to us. And to other regional media. They do it all the time. So this morning, we were all looking forward to it, exchanging messages over the weekend with Bambi. Everything was all set, booked in, ready. To, we were so happy for Bambi because I've got to love the song. When you sit and listen to it. And I do think, and the performance on Friday night was fantastic. And I do really, genuinely, as a Eurovision fan of many years standing, I do think that Bambi Thug is our best prospect of doing well for a very, very long time. But RTE have form in this. So everything that we'd planned to do in the first section of our program this morning, they pulled it. Um, And no, we can't talk to Bambi, who wanted to talk to us and was perfectly happy and willing and looking forward to talking to us. No. RTE need their, need their pound of flesh. And they hold until three o'clock today. We're not letting it go, though. It's not the first time it's been done. It's, in, it's inappropriate behaviour. It's not fair. We are going to contact the broadcasting authorities of Ireland about this. Because it's not the first time. I won't mention the person by name, but another very prominent individual who who I would consider a friend was pulled from this show uh, a number of years ago for the same show, for Ray Darcy's show. I was very apologetic. They do it frequently with the Late Late Show where we could have something booked for the week and the Late Late Show pulls rank on a Monday morning and they get an exclusive, and we can't do our interview. We're the ones who do the legwork. Fergal and Eber do the legwork to book in somebody. And then they'll pull it at the last minute. They do this all the time. So this morning we kind of said, well, shag that. We're not putting up with it no more. So this morning we should have had Bambi Thug on the opinion line. 
full and you know what I say this I interview a lot of people for this show a lot of artists a lot of new artists a lot of established artists and what's making me madder than hell this morning is in the many years I'm doing this show and the many years I'm meeting new artists I've rarely met anybody or spoken to anybody or communicated with anybody as instantly likeable as Bambi Thug instantly warm and friendly and likeable as Bambi Thug so it's a horrible thing that they do they do it all the time we're going to complain to the BAI um, and we can verify that it was all booked in and tickety-boo and they do it all over the country they don't just do it to us they do it to Galway they do it in Limerick they do it in wherever they just pull rank uh, to silence their guests that they think they own and I know I've got a lot of People down in Father Matthew Key and RTE that I know and like and have great respect for. And I've done the Today Show down there myself many times. But I don't like this kind of behaviour. I do not like this kind of behaviour. So, that's why Bambi Thug isn't here this morning. Um, Now, we spoke to Bambi, what was it, last week or the week before, and how much it would mean to go forward and be a Cork person, not just a Cork person, but to represent Ireland at the Eurovision. I look forward to seeing you on the Late Late Show. I look forward to seeing what Patrick Keelty will say. I look forward Me to the op- <laughs> I look forward to the open mouth in the audience going, What is this? <laughs> Clutching the pearls. <laughs> but you know what actually for me is like I I really think even to just to, to represent Ireland as, as a queer person, but also like as a Cork person. Yeah. I think it's been a very long time since Cork's had a light on it and we are you know, like my friends in Cork are amazing poets and there's so much um, there's so much creativity in the city that it's just not given the love or given the light. And um, just to have to bring to bring light back on the uh, the real capital. There you go. That was earlier in the month. Um, Councillor Ken O'Flynn has just issued a press statement this morning. I've just heard about 96FM reaching out to Bambi about the recent Eurovision entry. Shockingly, RTE has clamped down, preventing Bambi from chatting with any independent radio stations until they do an interview with them. This is downright unfair. No artist should face such restrictions without contractual obligations. I'm taking matters into my hands now. I'm filing a formal complaint with the Broadcasting Authority. Your recent promises for change, RTE, seem like mere words. Time to uphold fair practice. Uh, Ray Darcy, my arsey, says Mick. And uh, Lisa says something which I probably shouldn't read out on morning radio, but thank you. Tanya says it's a joke. Yeah, lads, we had the whole thing. I was on to Bambi Friday evening. After the show, I left a voice message just saying congratulations. We were so happy, so thrilled for you. And, nah, pulled this morning. 0818 96 96 96. Now, however, it wasn't just, that wasn't just the only big Cork story of the weekend. We had this story Friday morning, remember? On the count of three, turn your handle. Proud of you both. One, two, three. Hey, so there's two of them there and only one door will open. And out walks Chef O'Sullivan. Congratulations, Chef. 
Thank you so much, PJ. I really, really appreciate it. You know, it's absolutely fantastic to, to be able to, to spend it with everybody else as well. You know, we had a fantastic night in Miami and Hell's Kitchen watching it with everybody. It was surreal to say the least. When we talked back in September, of course, you, you already knew, you had already won because I'd forgotten this was all done and dusted two years ago. Yeah, two years to the date, you know, and, you know, trying to keep that secret was actually harder than working for Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> Who did know? I mean, the people, uh, my closest friends and family know, you know, people that wanted to sign NDAs, but, you know, it was, at the end of the day, I wanted to just kind of savor the moment. And I've had two years to sit with this. It's two years now resonating with me and, you know, to think about everything that we've done and achieved. And I just wanted to stay humble throughout the whole thing because at the end of the day, you know, I think, you know, being humble is, is really what took me this far and not letting anything get to my head. Um, but, I mean, I, st- I still don't know how I feel at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You kept your, your old job while all this was going on. You, you move on now to work as a head chef where for Gordon so it's going to be the head chef position at Hell's Kitchen in Caesars Palace in Las Vegas you know one of the most uh, world renowned casinos in the world Uh, and attached to it is one of the most famous restaurants in the world also they don't get much bigger than that gig young man it really doesn't, you know, and that that's the thing, you know, I always dreamt to visit a kid and, you know, I always told my friends, you know, I'm going to go to America and do something with myself and, you know, hopefully someday become rich and famous and, you know, a lot of them laughed at me, but, you know, the select few that always said to me, look, we know you're going to be famous, kid, you know, you're already famous here, you just needed a platform. So, you know, it was uh, it was just amazing to be able to do it, you know, and actually get across the line and, you know, now I can, I can enjoy the celebrations. I only watched a few episodes along the way, but you seem to get on, and I know, look, it's all recorded, and edited up the wazoo. We all know that. But you genuinely seem to get on well with Gordon. We did, and that's, and that's the thing. You know, a lot of people said to me, you know, watching it, you know, he definitely took a liking to you or, you know, he definitely had a soft spot for you. And I couldn't really see it when I was there. And even watching it back, I still don't really see it because I just look at him as a boss. And when I first met him, you know, it was people say never meet your idol, but for me, it was the best thing i ever done. And, you know, the little conversations he had in my ear when we weren't filming was, was really, you know, um, was really positive for me and it helped me get along. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was a job interview. And, you know, after I met him after the first 10 minutes, the stardom was, was over and I kind of had to set that all aside that I was working with my idol. And um, because, you know, now it was a three week long job interview and I just tried to stay professional as possible throughout. The whole thing was filmed over, over how long, Ryan? You can tell us now. Of course, I'm, I can tell you everything now, everything, all the questions, I can answer it all. Um, so we were actually out in Hollywood for five weeks. We quarantined for two because it was in the middle of COVID and then we shot straight for three and a half. We, we were off on Sundays, um, but it was long days, you know, anything between 16 you know, to 18 hours uh, doing, you know, cooking and confessionals and, and, you know, edits and, you know, can you go back and say this? And the funniest part about it all is that, you know, they were telling me you're the only uh, fluent English contestant we have that we have to have subtitles for. Um, and there was times where they did play me back a soundbite and they'd be like can you just tell us what you said here because we played it back to 15 different people and nobody knows what you said so a lot of the days was me explaining to people what I just said because if I'm moving fast my mouth's moving even faster you know yeah but he doesn't speak slowly himself no he doesn't he doesn't Um, I think he speaks a little bit more clear and concise than I do because I'd be a rambling mess most of the time (laughs) (laughs) some of the stuff that you turned out over the various episodes you're good at what you do young fella Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You know, I'm at a long time and, you know, every day is a school day in the kitchen. 
Um, so we just keep learning and creating and you know that's what I love most about the job and the hospitality and you know Gordon told us you know he said if you're very good at it it's the best job in the world and if you're bad at it it's the worst job in the world you know so you know I just got to keep the head down because you know cooking ain't easy for anybody that does it they know the stress of the kitchen um, but it also helps to, to, to have a little bit of talent you know and you know I had a good base and you know hopefully I can do bigger and better things you know because this really is a start in my life and you know when I first came to America I told myself this is a start now kid um, and then I got a, a great job and I said, you know, this is a start now, kid. And, you know, here we are again telling myself till this morning. Yeah, this is go, the start now, kid. Going back to our conversation in, in September, like you went over there on spec yeah. to see what America might do for you. That was that was it, you know, because I went out on a J1 when I was 19 over to Berkeley in California. And I, I kind of knew that was more of a life experience. I wasn't cooking when I was out here. And uh, we were just partying most of the time. It was more of a life experience. But I knew if I had an opportunity to go back to America, I could definitely make something of myself because, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, your personality uh, speaks speaks, at, um, speaks a lot. Um, and I think, you know, just by being myself and, you know, hard work and dedication is what it's all about because that truly is the American dream. And I don't want to sound, you know, too cliche or cheesy, but there's no secret formula, PJ. You keep your head down, you know, and, you know, you work hard and, you know, good things will happen regardless. Mm. I know your dad... Uh, is a chef, and that Correct. he tried to talk you out of cooking initially, didn't he? They did, yeah, yeah. My mother and father, you know, both of them kind of said, you know, I don't know if cooking's for you. It's it's, it's a lot. Um, you know, you you love your social life, and you know, it's a tough job. And it was kind of for them to see me uh, go out and be a chef, and you know, I had something that that I was really interested in was was great because look, you know what they said, he's, he's keeping out of trouble. He's in the kitchen, you know, it could be worse. And then you know, when I actually found a talent that I had some, you know, good nods, um, from chefs that I worked with, you know, and people pulled me aside, you know, telling me, you know, you could be really good at this if you wanted to, and you know. I think as time went on and they both saw me uh, progressing and you know doing good things you know they were more and more unhappy and delighted that I actually went with it um, because you know I'm going all the way now and you know like I said fingers crossed big things are going to happen now from this I read an article Friday where uh, is, is it true you'd never cooked for your dad until Hell's Kitchen um, yeah, I mean, even funny you say that now as well, because a lot of people text me they're like, well, you didn't actually really cook for him. <laughs> Still, <laughs> we're just kind of ran the kitchen. But um, no, not really, you know, not, not on a professional scale. You know, I might have given him a bowl of Cocoa Pops here and there, but uh, <laughs> not, not really professionally, you know. And it's um, it was good to see that, like, you know, on the biggest stage and being the catalyst for him to meet his idol too was great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, definitely when I get home, I owe my mother, um, you know, a five-star meal and, you know, I give one to my dad as well. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just phenomenal to be able to do this now and, you know, see all the hard work and dedication come to fruition. When might you get back on Lee's side, Ryan? This 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 changes all your plans, I suppose. Hey, well, it does absolutely. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the drawing boards. You know, I'm still on the payroll where I am at the moment. I go back to work on Monday. Um, you know, the train never stops at me. Really, it's all about moving on to the next end and moving forward. But fingers crossed, I can get home in the next couple of weeks because I'd like to come back and celebrate my friends and family while it's still all fresh. So, uh, fingers crossed, I get back in a couple of weeks. You know, in case my boss is hearing this, yeah, I need a week off next week. But <laughs> <laughs> Vegas is so popular with the Irish. It is, absolutely. You're going to have a queue all over out the, the world. door. Well, fingers crossed, you know, it's already a busy place and, you know, I think hopefully I can attract more people to just know not like that they need me to do it, but I definitely think there'll be a different hype around it and the best thing for me is and people always ask me, you know, what do you want to get out of this or what's your, what's your message? You know, I just want, you know, 
people to think about, you know, going into culinary and, and the hospitality because it really is, for me, the best industry to be in. You know what I mean? It's very rewarding. It's, it's wholesome and it's great. Um, and I'd love people to get out and try it. And a lot of people don't cook and they're afraid of cooking. You know, just start. You know, it's as easy as turning around the, uh, turn around the stove in the cooker. You know, just turn around and get cooking because the only way to learn is to try. And you're going to fail a lot. You're going to fail a lot. But that's how you learn. Would you see yourself teaching it? down the road I would love to I would love to I would love to I think you know I do have a, a great way of talking about food and getting it across in, in a certain way that makes it easier for people to understand um, it's definitely something I thought about um, fingers crossed I can actually you know start doing some classes and you know there was think, thoughts of you know me actually trying to go ahead and do something where you know hoping a cookery school or something like that because I do believe you know that food is love and love is food and it's supposed to be shared um, and you know that that's me true and true this is just another beginning which it I love your attitude this is just another day one now that's it you know we start again the hard work starts now PJ you know I thought it was tough before now but this is where the hard work really starts and you know like I said to keep the train going and to persevere and you know keep the head down um, because again like I said every day is a school day and you can never know too much about food and you know fingers crossed now this will take me to, to bigger places and I've no doubt it will um, I just have to stay humble and keep the positive attitude and like you know like I said these things have already happened and hopefully they can happen again You've made lifelong friends apart from anything else apart from winning and apart from getting this amazing gig in Vegas you've made lifelong friends 100% and you know I, I didn't think that I could you know spark up these relationships with people that I only knew for three weeks you know locked in a kitchen together you know a lot of people will go mad in that situation but I think you know especially me Johnny and Sammy like the way we are together you know we're you know we're almost a family now you know I consider them blood um, and the bond that we have through this you know I almost think of it as trauma bonding because it was a it was a mad situation to be in and we were all there you know living it together um, and a lot of people that do Hell's Kitchen you know they don't all become friends they all kind of become enemies really and you know I think this is the first Hell's Kitchen ever where you know me and me and Johnny were the two finalists everybody was going head to head and I just spoke to him this morning it didn't feel like I was cooking against anybody it was, it was just like me and him going out having fun like we did there was no animosity there was no you know this is a competition it was just me and Johnny trying to do our best in separate kitchens you know and we, we, we gave our food to each other to taste we tried everything you know we even took notes and helped each other out on our menus and that's what it's all about you know, because it can't really be a competition. It's just who, you know, whoever whoever comes out on top in the day. It could have been any man. You know, we chose our teams, and we you know we play to our strengths. Um, and you know, I just you know, Johnny, the the, the band that we have now, you know, is unbreakable, and you know, he's definitely a best friend for life. That's fantastic. I, I remember the first time we talked as well. I quoted, I, I reminded you of an old quote, someone who had worked with Gordon in one of his restaurants around the world, who said. If you can resist the urge to kill him, he's the best teacher on the planet. Would you agree now? I would 100% agree. I would 100% agree and you know what I, I never had a thought or it came to the point where I was like you know I'd actually love to, you know, to, go, to, to give it back to him or whatever else because he really does have everybody's best interests at heart. He's passionate about what he does he gives us all the tools in the world to succeed and it's up to you to use them. So I can understand where people come from when, you know, they want to give it back and, you know, resist the urge to kill him. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's tough love in a kitchen and he just yeah. wants the best for everybody. Um, you know, thank, thank, thankfully, we never, we never butted heads, you know. Because I've always noticed watching him over the years, there's Mr. Nasty to camera and you're going, what a horrible... But you get moments where you say, he actually is a lovely fella. 
No, he he is. He's an absolute gent. He's a legend. You know, he, he you know he's so good at what he does. You know, he's such a people person. But you know, it just goes back to his professionalism, his standards. You know, that's just the way he is throughout his life, and that's that's not just for cooking. That's with everything he does. You know, um, and it's just amazing to to learn from him. And you know, I consider him a good friend now, and I hope he thinks the same. That's fantastic. Lastly, you must have had phone calls uh, over the last couple of days from people who said, Sullivan, yes, so and so, you could have told me. Yeah, everybody, man. Like I woke up, everyone's like, "The poker face you have is unreal." You never gave anything away. You know, half of the people were saying, "You know, we know you're on Hell's Kitchen. You know, we knew you were going to go far, but you know, you really left the left the cat in the bag. You know, for the whole thing." And that's the one thing I wanted to do because I knew how it was going to play out, and I just wanted the rest of the world to see it. You know, the way I wanted to see it, and it's you know a big surprise to everybody. But yeah, you know, I think I was well deserving of it, and you know, you know, I worked as I say, worked my balls off to be there and for everything to happen. Um, and I think it came across well. And, you know, all I was doing, I was just being myself, 100% unapologetically myself. Well, all we can say is we are so proud of you, young man. And I, I remember saying to you before, you probably served me my dinner in the Maryborough Hotel long ago. I have, More than my, likely. My dinner has been served to me by a Hell's Kitchen winner. I am honoured. It's been, it's been great oh, talking to you, so fella. Much, it's been great talking to you. Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for the opportunity again. You know, I hope I don't cork proud. Um, never forgot my roots and fingers crossed when I'm back in a couple of weeks we can set up a couple of dinners. You do that. See you, fella. Take care, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now it's got to go off and do a day's work as well. Thank you, uh, Ryan O'Sullivan. Hell's Kitchen Season 22 Winner. All done two years ago, and he kept it secret from everybody. Well done, you. There's some more showbiz entertainment news just breaking here. Remember a few weeks ago, I was talking to Brian Warfield from the Wolf Tones, and they sold out Belfast, and they sold out the the three arena in seconds, literally in what well, minutes anyway. I can tell you now, they're going to sell someplace else out. 29th of June as part of their 60th anniversary and retirement concert tour, the Wolf Tones will play Musgrave Park. Or, if you want to call it Virgin Media Park, fine. But to us, it'll always be Musgrave Park. 29th June, Wolf Tones have confirmed a massive summer gig celebrating 60 years and marking their retirement at Musgrave Park here in Cork, 29th of June. Stick it in the diary. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnituresentre.ie Cork's 96 FM. Listen to Cork's 96 FM on your smart speaker. Say. Simply say, play Cork's 96 FM. Quirks 96 FM. On a concern around at the moment regarding measles, that there's an outbreak, a massive number of cases in the UK at the moment, and locally here, uh, speaking to the Echo, Dr. John Sheehan out in Blackpool is expressing concern now. There's a huge amount of measles running across Europe and into the UK. Um, there's 180, 198 cases alone in the Midlands over the last couple of months. Um, And, of course, we know this, measles is probably the most contagious disease that there is of all contagious diseases, and it spreads like wildfire in an unvaccinated population. 
But uh, Dr. John is recommending to people to get their children vaccinated and get them vaccinated quickly because we don't want a big measles outbreak here in uh, Cork or anywhere in Ireland, in fact, for that matter. We do not want that happening. Um, This is, and I've been saying this for years, this is what they call the Wakefield generation. These are the children and grandchildren of people who were taken in by the nonsensical non-link, the claim that was put out years ago, the link that didn't exist between vaccines and autism. And people were taken in by that nonsense um, perpetrated by a man called Andrew Wakefield. Um, And this is what's happening. The children and grandchildren of the Wakefield generation are... And there was no blame to them. He made it very convincing. But now we've got a real problem. And there are doctors like John Sheehan who were saying, please get your children vaccinated against measles and do it as quickly as you can because it is rampant in Europe and it is running rampant in the UK. And there's so much toing and froing between here and the UK that the last thing we want, indeed the last thing we ever want, is a measles outbreak here because some kids can get very, very sick. And if an adult gets measles and they weren't vaccinated as a child, they can be in serious trouble altogether. I'll come back to that one. 0818969696. Now, there was a load of different stories over the weekend um, to do with Ian Bailey. Every Sunday newspaper had extensive features on Ian Bailey. None of the Saturdays had extensive features on Ian Bailey too, focusing in particular on his diaries, focusing on the fact that the guards went and got a warrant and raided his little flat in Bantry and took pretty much everything that they could get their hands on and brought it into their cold case incident room. And that's... I was expecting that to happen, to be quite honest. They had to get a warrant for it. They got a warrant. Then the newspaper's full of speculating pieces and and all that. Senator Maloney, for example, writing in The Independent and reminding us in The Independent, they were both 39 when Sophie was killed in 1996. They were the same age. And that it's exactly 20 years ago this month that judgment was reached in that infamous libel case brought by uh, Ian Bailey and which was heard down at the Cork City Court, which at the time was down at what used to be the Atkins building. There's a hotel going in there now. Um, the Camden, they call it the Kenya, it was down there. So there's tons of stuff in the papers over the weekend. And then we had a, on Friday, we had a series of raids and seizures by Gardaí in North Cork. It's with that we'll start. Paul Bourne, uh, Virgin Media Southern correspondent and, of course, occasional presenter of the Opinion Line. Paul, good morning to you. We'll start there, this series of raids on... Friday. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. What happened? Well, we're talking on Friday, uh, we're talking Donnerail Mallow. There's an ongoing feud between two uh, rival groups. And basically, North Cork has been, I suppose, um, they've go to rack and ruin because of uh, some of these people and the carry-on. But guards in North Cork, under the direction of Superintendent Gary McPolin, recently has said, enough is enough. And on Friday, this was the second raid in the space of a month. We had 17 locations, 12 houses, as well as uh, parts of scrublands across North Cork. Now, you had up to 70 Gardaí, as well as members of the Defence Forces, the Customs Officers, 
and members of the Department of Social Welfare. They carried out an early morning raid on these 17 locations. 70 heavily armed officers moved in, uh, cordoned off all these areas and seized slash hooks, machetes, knives, baseball bats, golf clubs, cocaine, cannabis, as well as mobile phones. And you have to ask yourself, who in the name of God stores slash hooks and machetes and knives and baseball bats and golf clubs? They're not doing that for the good of their health. What are they doing? As far as the question, Paul, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's these two groups. They're sworn enemies and they're out to, you know, when you go out with a machete or a slash hook, you don't go out you know, just to give somebody a pat on the back with them. These people go out to injure one another or possibly kill one another. And these are people who are just, you know, determined to hurt one another. And it's only a matter of time, I think, uh, PJ, before somebody is seriously injured or worse, that somebody is killed. But Superintendent Gary McFoley, down in Mallow, uh, who recently took over the position down there, just said he had enough. People in North Cork were sick and tired of what was happening and they've been, you know, really coming down heavy on these people and a number of people are now before the courts on account of this. Mm. It was a major operation, as I said, the second in a space of a month. Uh, recently, we were at one of the uh, raids where people, again, slash hooks, knives, everything was seized. And there was, in fact, a video circulating as well at the time of a young fella genuinely PJ I would say he was no more than 12 years of age with a, a, a balaclava and running around an area with a machete Wow Fair play to Gary McPaul and, and his teams then for lifting all that stuff on Friday There were there was three arrests was it Paul? Five arrests on five. Friday three men yeah, five men, uh, five people, three men and two women. A number of them have since appeared before the courts and uh, charges have been brought. Um, I suppose, look, um, we, we spoke to Gary McPoland some time ago and he said, look, people have had enough and it just won't be tolerated. And I think in fairness, they, they seem to be putting a lid on, on what's happening down there. And I think if it continues, well, certainly Gardy will be coming down heavy on them. This one isn't over. Let me go back. I was surprised this morning, Paul, to look at my notes and remind myself it's three years now since the body was discovered there near the Middleton to Yall Greenway, or a skeleton discovered there near the Middleton to Yall Greenway. And that misfortunate woman, we know it was a woman, and she was about 70 at the time, has not yet been identified. No, it was a it's a it's a bizarre case. Um, it was again people just carrying out work on the new Middleton to Yall Greenway, and you know as you said there three years. It's, it's frightening to think it was that long ago that um, the, the, the skeletal remains were found. Um, Again, the workmen carrying out, we had Superintendent uh, Adrian Gamble, who's in Middleton, appealing for information at the time as to anyone who had any information on the the identity of this person. They have gone uh, right around the globe, honestly, for the want of a better word, looking for information to try and determine who the, who the remains belong to. It's absolutely a, a very, very sad case. Somebody obviously had been buried and their body had been um, taken and, and just dumped on the, on the side of the road. If you go into uh, my Twitter account or you go into social media, you will see um, some of the clothing that this woman had been buried in. Um, it, it's very sad to look at it. Um, but the guards really are doing their best to try and 
determined who, who she was because, you know, she had been laid to rest. Obviously, her body had been removed uh, and then just put here and done there uh, on the soul to see straight away track. There are so, so many theories, but, you know, I, I'm not going to go into say so. No. Wait, do, do we, have we established, Paul, because if we did, I missed it, have we established how long the remains were actually there, no? No, it, it, um, I, I, there, there, that hasn't come come forward or we haven't any information on that. Wow. Um, but, you know, the guards are working tirelessly. The, the, the remains are now currently at the morgue at Cork University Hospital and guards would like to really get to the bottom of this. It just beggars belief, you know, somebody had been laid to rest and, and then somebody... Mm. Somebody, you know, somebody knew that person. Somebody knew that person. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ju- again, there's so many rumours and stories going around and, you know, maybe people had a, a family argument and, you know, somebody wasn't happy where their mum or their aunt was buried and, you know, it's just it's just so, so sad. Yeah. But, I mean, if people go online, they will see these clothing and somebody out there knows something, mm-hmm. not just the person who, you know, removes the, the remains, but there's always somebody let something slip and somebody else knows something, and mm. the guards would really um, love the chance to talk to somebody, yeah. whoever can shed some light. And again, you know, you'll obviously contact the guard, the confidential line, and that is dealt with in the strictest of confidence. Leave a note somewhere, even, you know, in, in a confession box, or drop a letter somewhere to say, this is such and such a person, and, you know, shed some light and let the guards be in a position to lay this person to, to rest once again. It's very rare. It's very rarely, Paul. I'm sure you'll agree with me. It's very rarely that the guards draw a total blank, but they've drawn a total blank so far on this one. It's one we'll watch three years ago. Lastly, the newspapers. You can't have missed it yourself. The newspapers and indeed television news and radio programs, full of stories at the weekend about Ian, ba- Ian Bailey. It's almost as if his passing last Sunday allowed things to be written and said that were never written and said before. Yeah, I mean, I suppose what happened was on Friday, um, the guards carried out a, a search of his flat in Bantry. And Barry Roach in the Irish Times broke the story on Friday that, you know, the officers had gone in. And I suppose if someone said, confessions, confession from a grave could possibly be on a headline on this. They went in, um, you had officers from Bantry and Bandon and uh, members of the officers from the Cold Case Review. They went in and they carried out a search of the the, the flat. They found um, computers, mobile phones, diaries, notebooks, clothing, memory sticks, um, uh, hard drives. And you'll have members of the the guards now, uh, teams of officers will be brought in to examine each and every item and meticulously every item that was seized as part of the investigation. What they're hoping possibly to find is that if there is anything linking Ian Bailey to the murder of Sophie Tuscan Duplantier, um, I was in that flat on one occasion in Bantry, and mm. honestly, it reminded me of something like you'd see on a documentary on Channel 4 where you have these people who are hoarders. It was next to impossible to get through the amount of stuff that was in mm-hmm. inside the flat. He slept on um, kind of a makeshift bed downstairs in the room. Um, it was just as difficult to get out of it. You had to crawl your way through all of these belongings. I mean, his life was here. His clothing, his diaries, his computers, his vast 
number of books, um, lots of uh, pieces of woodwork, you know, carvings that he had carried out on over the years. And someone said to me, you know, Ian Bailey loved to talk. He loved to write. And somebody is hoping that, you know, that he may have written something um, in a diary, in a computer, type something in a computer that links him. And what they're basically saying is, if there's evidence to be found, find it. If it's not there, then it's not there. I remember but asking him in one of our interviews, Paul, over the years, I said, OK, Ian, if you didn't do it, you are and you were an investigative journalist. If you didn't do it, who did? Have you any theories? And he always said he had a theory, but he'd never go any further than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, there was these theories that um, somebody from France came over and killed Sophie Tuscan de Plantier. It was theories that um, a local man who, who later died by suicide had uh, murdered Sophie Tuscan de Plantier. Theories, theories, theories. They're numerous. You can pull them out of the sky. The guards don't work on theories. The guards work, down, work on intelligence and information. Um, but a lot of people asking as well why it took the guards until Friday to go in and search the house. Well, you know, in the investigation, once the cold case review team was set up, they're working from the outside in, and they were interviewing various people connected with the investigation, and they would have eventually come to Ian Bailey and asked him to take part. He wanted to be interviewed. Yeah. He wanted to. He told me that uh, in one of our last interviews, yeah. Anything that he could, you know, but uh, he didn't get the chance to do so. But, you know, again, it, it's hoped that... Um, somebody uh, or something may emerge from the items seized from the house on on Friday. I remember every item was bagged, it was labelled, it was removed from the flat. Um, so it'll be a painstaking investigation. And I reckon, you know, again, and, and again, some people are saying, if the case goes to the DPP and the DPP says, yes, look, there's enough information here or enough intelligence to that this would have warranted um, a prosecution. People will say, obviously, there will be people who say, oh, it's very easy for the guards to say, no, yes, Ian Bailey was the man who killed Sophie just kind of plenty of, um, Others, you know, will say, well, so be it, and the guards were right all along. Yeah. But um, we just don't know. You know, look, the guards play keep their cards very close to their chest and you know they've got a job to do and they don't listen and you know listen to speculation they as i said they deal in the facts and and that is all right paul i leave it there with you thank you very much I, i asked ralph regal this question last week and i know paul we've talked about it before will we ever really know thank you paul Bourne, of virgin media news and indeed occasionally of this program um will we ever really know what actually did happen on that cold night in December of 1996? Will we ever actually know? I don't know that we will. 0818 9696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. TheFurnitureCentre.ie. Corks 96 FM. Listen to Cork's 96FM while you work. While you work. Listen live at 96fm.ie. John says, Gaddy hounded the man when he was alive and now in death too. They're a disgrace. Ian Bailey was an innocent man, says John. It's a view, John. Many people hold it, but still the investigation is open and as part of the cold case 
review and investigation. Ian Bailey himself, and I could probably find the recording, In he gave me two interviews in the last autumn within a month of each other, and certainly in one of them he said he was open and willing to take part in the cold case review. In fact, he almost took credit for it having been set up, if I remember rightly. But anyway, thank you, John. 0818969696. And we go back to that story I mentioned to you a while ago. The rising level of measles in the community in the UK and across Europe. It is possibly the most contagious disease on the planet. I remember that coming up when we were looking at contagion as just as a thing during the pandemic. Dr. John Sheehan joins me. John, it is, is it not, of all the common diseases out there, it is the most contagious one we know. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, you're absolutely correct, PJ. It certainly is. And in an unvaccinated population, for one case of measles, an average of about 14 to 15 people will, will, will contact it. So that shows how contagious um, it is. Um, it's much more contagious than, than the flu, than most of the other bugs that we're familiar with. And I suppose the more PJ, we actually see measles much anymore. But there's been a big trade in Europe, uh, particularly Romania and France, uh, with 30,000 cases in the last 12 months. And now, unfortunately, that has spread to the UK and there's an outbreak in the UK. And as you were saying earlier, because of our close links with the UK, the concern is that now there's going to be outbreaks in Ireland. For most people, it's a disease that makes, for children, it's a disease that makes them as sick as hell for a while, and, and then they're okay. But it can be very damaging, like you said, in an unvaccinated population among adults. If adults get measles, they're in serious trouble. They, they, they really are. And, you know, for most people who get measles, they, they will be fine and they'll be sick for a while, but then they will uh, recover. But unfortunately for some individuals, one in a thousand will get encephalitis, which is like a swelling of the brain, PJ. And then one in about every 10,000 will get uh, neurological da- uh, damage permanently from it. So it's a, it's a condition that causes um, significant, um, I suppose, uh, you know, illness, uh, uh, particularly in vulnerable people. And that's the difficulty because there are some patients out there who may not be able to get the MMR um, and they're particularly vulnerable. So that's why the HSE are really encouraging people to give the, you know, the MMR vaccine if they haven't got it or there's a catch-up program for people who didn't get the second dose and they're doing that up to the age of 10. Am I right in thinking we had come very close to eliminating measles in Ireland, or as close as it could be? We, we, we really did. I, I'm in, in practice in Dakou for 20 years, PJ, and I've only seen one case of measles. And, and that was in, Yeah, in, in, and that was in a child who was below a year of age where they were due the vaccine, so, you know, they, they unfortunately picked it up. Um, so, you know, that's, that's made a massive difference because... Those of us who are slightly older, I remember getting measles as a child, and, uh, and a lot of us did, and most of us were fine. But for some people, they, really, they can get really, really sick, and they can, you know, be in hospital for a couple of weeks, and you know, it can have a significant effect on them. So it's one of those conditions, I suppose, that when we don't see for a long time, we become slightly, I suppose, sort of um, blasé about it, and we forget how easy it is to spread and how much, uh, how sick people can get with it. Yeah, that Kate is just after messaging here. My mom lost her hearing in her right ear after the measles. It's not the trivial disease that some people think it is. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking back, John, and I'm thinking, and I'm just asking for a view. You may not want to say this. I think. Uh, this is the children and the grandchildren 
of the Wakefield generation who were taken in by nonsense all those years ago. You're absolutely right. And if you look at the at the, the evidence for it, there's bumps around those age groups as they work their way through the, you know, and as, as they get older. And unfortunately, you know, due to the concern of what Wakefield said at the time, and that, that has been disproven again and again and again, um, that has had a significant effect in terms of trying to get the vaccination rates up. And we need to get it up to about 95. We're about 90% nationally, PJ. Yeah. We need to get it to 95% where when, if, some, if there is a case of it, it doesn't spread then and there, there isn't a spread through the community yeah. that it burns itself out. It'll run through a classroom in the morning and, and, and you have 20 or 30 sick kids. John, um, I understand that COVID is still on a bit of a surge, although it's not as bad as it was. RSV, that lung, horrible lung disease, and now norovirus into the mix. We have, yeah. It's been a very busy January, and and you can see that in the in the hospital cases and in the trolleys, PJ. Unfortunately, and um, so, so it, it's it's a combination of all of those things, and 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 flu as well. And um, we've seen a lot of cases of people who are quite sick with the flu, um, and quite sort of under pressure um, with it. Um, and of course, all of that then just feeds into sort of the you know into the hospitals, and um, they've tried to sort of they've had to cancel elective surgery to try to cope with a lot of the demand. The surge compared to last year wasn't as bad, but certainly last week they had an awful, um, huge number in A and E, you know. And you can see that. And the feeling is this is going to hang around for the next few weeks. It's beginning to go down, um, but that it's going to go down slowly. All right. John, thank you very much. And by the way, if someone does want to get a child vaccinated, um, do they just ring their local GP or what do they do? They can contact their local GP. It's up to the age of 10. So usually you're meant to get two doses, one when you're 12 months and one just around school, before school, four to five years of age. So if you haven't had either two of them or if you've only had one and your child is below 10, they can contact their GP and get a second dose. Okay, thank you. Uh, Councillor John Sheehan, doctor in Blackpool, of course. Thank you. There's a fire, there was a fire this morning at the Unitarian Church on Princess Street. Oh, that's sad. That's sad to read. That's a lovely little church and they have lovely events in there other than just their services. In fact, there's an old friend of mine, uh, Mike, um, Reverend Mike, uh, Mike, Michael Sullivan is a reverend in there. So I'm sad to see that. Uh, the Unitarian Church, Princess Street, units of the fire brigade have been on the scene. Building suffered substantial damage. So if there was, a, if it was wondering what the commotion was in town, that's what it was. 0818969696 on Bambi Thug and we had booked Bambi Thug to be our first guest as, as you would to be our first guest on the Opinion End this morning in the wake of the fantastic victory at uh, the Eurosong at the Late Late Show on Friday night all done, all dusted, all teed up all ready to go, all excited and happy and then bang RTE pull rank and no interview uh, Ray Darcy on an afternoon show has the first interview with, with Bambi Tug. And we're not happy about that, and we're going to take it further because we'd been in contact with Bambi before, during, and after the contest. I texted Bambi myself at tea time on Friday just to wish luck and got a lovely, lovely voice message back. And afterwards, we, three of us, actually worked on it at the weekend, pinning down the interview for this morning. All good to go, all happy, until it didn't happen because RTE moved in. It's a block, and so that the Ray Darcy show could have the interview. That's frustrating, says Marie. Very unfair when you guys had Bambi booked in. Well, as I said, Marie, it's not the first time, but this is just something that has stung us this morning. 
Um, hi PJ, so this being RT owns the right Eurovision rights. Who died and left them in charge? <laughs> Says Brian. Well, unfortunately, Brian, there is a thing there in that as the as the national broadcaster and the and the actual member of the European Broadcasting Union, they do kind of own Eurovision in this country, but that still doesn't give them the right to do what they did this morning, and we are very cross about it. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Corks 96 FM Listen to your favourite shows on the go. Download the Cork's 96FM app. The lines are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Jer wants to know if I could play the whole Bambi Thug song. Jar, it's being worked on. It's not in our system yet but who knows, I can still, I'll definitely play out again on the the chorus of it. That's one thing I will do today. But uh, yeah, it is a, it, it's a song that when it hits you first, you go, what on earth is that? What has just happened to my ears? And then you hear it a second time and a third time and there is a video going around now, we don't know when it was filmed, but I, I got it Saturday night. It was down in Kerry Saturday night. This king thing came through on my phone of a venue in Dublin um, where Bambi, in full regalia, full costume, came in and performed the song in a pub. And honest to God, they were up, up on bar stools, up on counters and up on seats, screaming and dancing. And the whole Send the Witch thing took off. And the Late, late Show audience on... Uh, Friday night, the love in the room, and I, two of my pals were there, Ken O'Sullivan and Dermot Manning, both of whom have done Eurovision stuff with us on on 96FM and will no doubt do it again later this year. But both of them were texting me saying the atmosphere in here, the, the love for Bambi in this studio was just phenomenal. And afterwards, Ken sent me a gorgeous photograph that he got taken with Bambi in the after show reception. The love for Bambi Thug in the Late Late Show audience and just at that party on Friday. And it was lovely. It was lovely to see. It was lovely. And I must say, I, I, I had a feeling... I knew, I think I said it to you here last week on the show, I just had a feeling about the song. And when I saw the, the international jury giving that insipid little boy band their 12, I said, oh God, are we in trouble here? But then no, no, because the Irish jury had common sense and the people who voted on the phone had common sense. Um, I, I say it again. And look, if I'm proved wrong, I'll actually eat my hat here on air if I'm wearing a hat. Be- our best prospect in 20 years. Bambi Thug should only give Ray Darcy yes or no answers. Give him nothing today and then be all chat to yourselves. I think they're brave enough and probably would be up for that, says Rachel. I think, Rachel, that Bambi would be too professional actually to do something like that. Would give Ray Darcy an interview because Ray Darcy uh, is it's it's the job, it's professional. And I think they'd be too professional for that. Bernie says, I'm not supporting the Eurovision because of Israel's participation. But leaving that issue aside, RTE had no right to interview, interfere with that interview. It's coming to the time they need to be shut down. They're no longer a national broadcaster. They just cover particular topics and particular interests. They're obsessed with Donald Trump, and that's a very little re- relevance to me. 
I hope you take take it further. Well, we'll make a complaint, Bernie. It probably will go nowhere, but we'll make it anyway. Um, and it's not the first time this has happened. And when you work as hard as Emer and Fergal do there behind that glass, they work enough that harder than I do, I can tell you, to, to pin something down. And when you've it nailed down, and I get a text from them late at night saying such, such and such a thing is confirmed, and I go, that's brilliant. And then it gets pulled by an RTE show, and it happens time and time and time again. This is just the one we decided up with this we will not put. So there you go, Bernie. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. And I did see this story over the weekend of a taxi driver who had his car taken off of him in Cork at the weekend. Bobby Lynch of Cork Taxi Council. First and foremost, Bobby, is the chap all right? Good morning. Bobby? Bobby's not there, guys. I can't I can't hear Bobby. Um, it's not coming up where it should. But there's a story. This uh, Bobby was saying there'd been no mention of it on local media. I, I did, don't, don't know whether there was or not, but there is now. Um, Black Toyos Avensis was, was uh, stolen. Uh, 172C was the reg number, and there was a roof sign. Uh, of 10610. Bobby has all the details. Bobby from the Tork, Cork Taxi Council. I'll wait till I have him online. We'll get more details out of that. Uh, coming up later this hour, your Netflix subscription might be about, and your Spotify might be about to get slightly cheaper. No, I, it was to do with this Apple ruling, this ruling that Apple must allow other app stores to be accessed through their devices. I don't know how it works either, but Adrian Wirkler would be able to tell me how it works. Now, good to talk to Bobby Lynch of the Cork Taxi Council. Is that chap okay, Bobby? Good morning. Uh, good morning, uh, PJ. Um, he's, he's, he's not. He's badly shook, shooken up. You know, he's, uh, he, he got a bad fright. And, uh, what happened? Stuff like that. Um, he picked up uh, three lads in uh, Patrick Street by the old swan there, the old swan and Signal pub. Yeah. And uh, he had two stops first, and they got out, and one got out and came back, and then he went to another estate. One got out and came back, and uh, they headed off out towards the country square, and when they came to the country square, he asked them, will they go left or right, and the man put a knife to his throat. And uh, the taxi driver caught the knife, and your man pulled it and cut his hand, and... They got him out of the car and they took his car and he had his phone in his pocket. He was lucky. But when he put his hand into his pocket to get out his phone, he couldn't see the screen with the blood that he was losing. And uh, the girls came and stuff like that. And then he rang me and uh, everything was up in a heap. He was out with the girls looking for his car and his car was still in the phone, you know? Right. And, it's uh, it's a black Toyota Avensis 172C62. Oh four, uh, roof sign number is one hundred six one zero. So that right. what is is there something now, Bobby, that the taxi authorities can do to stop that taxi that car being used the taxi, for example? Well, like we're we're looking for help all the time, PJ, as you know well, and we're looking for help all the time. But we're all we're getting as far as promises off our councils, off off the gather inspectors and the gather superintendents. Like, I, I met with a salesman the other two weeks ago, myself and uh, Solom, one of the Pakistani drivers, and uh, we put our concerns to him. Two weeks later, I heard Neil Prendiman wishing him uh, all the best in his retirement. What in the name of God did we meet him for? Well, I don't know what happened there, no, Bobby. Was st- st- stick, with, stick with me here. <laughs> stick with me. Um, so, 
you've talked to me many times, as have your other colleagues of yours. It's it's hard life on the road now as a taxi driver. Here's another incident. How often are these incidents happening and we don't hear about them? Well, we don't hear about them either because fellas don't report them because there's nothing done about them. You know? No, they're, they're very serious ones. We, we do get the... Uh, get uh, here. No, but like the, even the very small ones can turn into very serious ones if it gets out of hand. Indeed. I don't... Did this chap have... I know I spoke to one driver last year who was attacked and happened to have yeah. a camera in the car. Any cameras in this car? No, no. He, he was only after changing his car, PJ, because uh, of the nine-year-old. He took a perfect car off the road to replace it with a 172. No... He, I, I can't see this chap coming back to walk around. He got such a fright, you know. Is he driving a long and time? The, he's been driving a lot, a hell of a long time, like a hell of a long time. And uh, like he rang. Saturday he was getting a kind of a panic attack, and he rang the doctor. You know, you get through the south doctor, whatever you get through the, and they were. He was told that they they ring him back. Mm. No, he rang that morning at eleven o'clock that night. He got a call. Mm. from some doctor telling him to take two paracetamol and go to bed. Now, this man thought he was getting a heart attack. He was such a panic. I know, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Like, even if he went out to A&E, he'd be sitting inside there until Monday morning. True, true. And, like, we have no help whatsoever. We have no one to turn to. Like, if, it was, if it was Bussy and one of their drivers, they'd be looked after, counselling doctors, the whole lot. No, not, not taking nothing away from them, the bus drivers. They, they need that. And they have a hard job as much as we have. Yeah. They're carrying 50, 70 people. Yeah. Well, we, we can end up carrying four or eight. But, like, we have no help. They yeah. don't get... Because you're all, aren't you? I mean, look, you, you mentioned Bus Aaron. It's a company. It's a fine company. Yeah. And Aaron O'Dear the same looks after it. But you're all self-employed, aren't you? Well, we're all self-employed. Then you have drivers out there. I could have a fellow employed driving me car, don't I? I'm yeah. responsible for him. Like the NTA... Are taking our license fee and the, 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 the restrictions they have on top of us and the fines are ridiculous. Yeah. And and uh, like uh, we we get no help off then or colleague else. What what, what would help, Bobby? If for example, what, what what is there something in other countries or in other jurisdictions that would help? Well, in other countries, if you put your hand on a taxi driver, some countries, PJ, as you know, if you put, just put your hand on them, you could end up getting five years in prison. Yeah. Know what I mean? No. We, we'd like to see stiff sentences here. Like when John Constant got a beating, and John got a bad beating. And I remember he John. Outside yeah. Us, yeah. And them, them fellas were left off with an adult caution. That's an absolutely disgrace. That's giving people the right, go, go out there and be at a taxi there, you'll get nothing will be done, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's we really like to see stiffer sentences and yeah. drivers compensated well for what, what happened to them. I know. I know. No, it's, 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 I, I feel because you mentioned John Constant and should. Oh, God knows, in the, in the very early days of this program, look, I remember John look, Ford. Look at John, look at John Ford. Yeah, is he all look, right? Look at John, John retired. Right. John retired. And, uh, uh, like there was Dennis Healy before that, and I knew Dennis well. Man. I used to play bowling with Dennis Longo. Yeah, yeah. Dennis got a bad beating as well. I think he got his jaw broken and stuff like that. Oh, and the same thing kept taking off him. And like, they, 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 you could go on forever. But like, they, we like, we're, we're meeting with people there, and they're doing nothing for us. 
DNT, DNT, I don't care. One, do do the guards, do you think, do, do they need more powers, Bobby? Or, or do they... Do you feel? Do you feel like you're kind of the in terms of the public transport sector? Do you feel you're kind of the poor relation? Well, we we, we feel, you know, that like we we are the fellows who are forgotten about, and the people that the, the the authorities don't care about us because yeah. it don't cost it don't cost no government or previous governments or any government don't cost them one penny to provide the public with a taxi service. It cost the taxi driver. Yeah. But yes. We're paying for the service to take people home and the hospitals and all that. Yeah. No, majority of all our customers are brilliant. Mm-hmm. No, we we don't want to be striking or pulling our cars off the road on a Saturday night and protest with this to to be leaving good customers down. We can't do that. I know. You, so I know you don't want to, but shall I put it to you this, Bobby? And you're you're a, you're a long time around now. I'd say the only fellow around longer than you was Elvis, and I don't even know if he's still doing it. <laughs> he's um, all shook up. <laughs> but Bobby, you're around. You're around the taxi business a long, long, long time. You, you you probably drove me in my DJing days. I give that long around. Is there a feeling out there now that taxi drivers might pull the cars over this kind of stuff? No, i be honest with you, PJ. Fellas are, are on to me about do, doing that. And I said, look, oh, hold off. We wait for the, the authorities now to see what they're going to do. It's not what we're going to do. We wait to see what they're going to do to help us. And if we get no help off them, then we'll consider doing something like that. But we're here to let the customers down. Yes. That are, that are, that are good to us every, every week and every weekend and every day. We, we hate to do that. I know. We have know. to look. We have to look after the service because uh, it's 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 all it's our business. Yeah. And like, uh, like if it, if it was a busman that was attacked, they stop running the bus to that route. But we wouldn't right. do that. We we, we we wouldn't do that. Oh, if a busman, if a busman, we have is, to do something. If a busman or a bus driver is attacked at seven o'clock in the evening on the bus, that route will be pulled for the evening. I've seen well, it I have seen well, it happen. And and rightly so, Bobby. No well, rightly so. Just confirming this this was Friday outside what would have been the Swan and Signet. There will be CCTV of these guys getting the car. It's got to be Like they they the only guard on on the street. Like in fairness to them, they, they were quick off the mark, and they always there. Good. And but and about I, what time did it happen, Bobby? I think it was about half nine. They're reporting a half ten, but as far as I know, it was around half nine. Half nine Friday. So, okay. And and then he was held at knife point out by the yeah, country square. The country square. Okay. After making a couple of stops along along the way. Well, he stopped the hoses, fellas got out of the car and came back to the car. And okay. And you, you, you know what they were doing, like. Right? So, and where were those houses? They were know? one up by Kansas Dallas and one up in Mayfield. Okay, okay. And then, so they made two stops and then out towards the country square. And country square. he asked, the driver asked where they wanted to go from there and a knife was pulled. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then, like, he's, 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 he's like, He's badly sh- shaken up, he like he's, he's in shock, really, like. He and be. then, like, uh, no, he'd go to his own GP today. You know what I mean? He'd probably be seen to, but like it was a disgrace with the, the doctor ringing him at eleven o'clock at night and tell him to take two paracetamol and go to bed. That's a fucking disgrace. I know, I but know. that's that's the help that we have. We have nothing. People like just shrug us off. They, they don't care about. Oh, it's, it's only a taxi driver. That's all you hear. I know. <laughs> 
I know. We're from, we're, we're from once further. We're from, you know what I mean? Now, going back to the taxi drivers, men, there's women there as well. I know there and are. I know there are, They probably. do a fine job. I know. Now, there's one or two of them after being attacked down through the years. Yeah. And, like, we have no help whatsoever. And then you'll have counsellors coming on to you with their page and they say, oh, we'll do this and that. They do nothing for us. They never do. For years that I'm meeting with them and the City Hall, yeah. they never did nothing for us. Yeah. And you know that as well. You as get all the concern and the tea and the biscuits yeah. and then nothing. Yeah, yeah but we we'll remember them and we always say that when, when it comes to voting, we'll remember all our local councillors. Right, we'll remember them. All right, Bobby. Well, there's a, an election coming up in, in July. My regards to that driver who's shook out and wouldn't you be after what happened. My personal regards and the regards of the team to that driver. Bobby, thank you very much. Uh, Bobby Lynch of the Cork Taxi Council. So this was around nine, half past nine, Friday night, outside what used to be the Swan and Signet in town. A couple of guys got into a black Avensis taxi. The and They're always busy up there at that top of Patrick Street. 10610 was the number on the roof. 172C6204 was the reg number of the taxi. They made one stop by Collins Barracks, one stop by Mayfield. Then he went out towards the country square. That's where they asked him to go. And when he got to the country square, you know there, there's a junction in the road. He said, which way do you want to go? And I'd left or right. Pulled a knife on him, took his car off him, left him there. Luckily he had his phone in his pocket, but he shook out and it's not the first attack, and it won't be the last attack. And Bobby, Bobby's around a long, long time, and he said they get. We make the complaints, and we get the sympathetic shake of the head and the tea and the biscuits, and nothing ever happens. And taxi drivers now, and I've spoken to enough of them. Taxi drivers now just won't come out at night. They just will not come out at night because of what's going on. Thanks, Bobby. My best again, as I said, to that particular driver. Kate says we were told to put a tracker on our camper van, and they're wonderful. Taxi drivers might consider doing that with their cars. Well, yeah, there's a little. There are little tags you can get, uh, and you can put them into the glove compartment, or you can put them in under the bonnet or something. That's not a bad idea. At least you'd know where the car, where the car is. It's true. It's true. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool, for sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over forty five years in business. The Furniture Centre. ninety six FM. Now I saw this story at the weekend about Apple having to allow other app stores to be accessible through their devices, like through your iPhone, you can get the Google Play Store now. I think that's that's how it's going to work, something like that. But what I did don't understand is how, how that might lead to the price of some services going down. Uh, Spotify and Netflix, for example. Um, one man who can certainly tell me uh, is Adrian Wechter, tech editor with the Irish Indo. Why, Adrian, why would this happen? Good morning. Good morning. Well, the first of all, the reason this whole thing is happening is because... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync... Things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. As, as you know, the EU tends to have a stronger approach to trying to enforce, you know, competition law than the States or wherever. So it looked at the app store on your iPhone. If you have an iPhone or an Android phone, there's one app store on it and they control absolutely everything. You know, it's effectively a duopoly. And also, if you if you develop an app and you, you know, charge for it or use a monthly subscription, Apple takes 30% of that entire thing just because you're using its app store. So the EU said, no, sorry, anti-competitive. And they've brought in the recently introduced Digital Markets Act, the EU law, basically breaks that up for Apple. Okay, so Apple has uniquely to the EU, uniquely created a a, a separate, a new type of app store, uniquely in the EU, um, where you can where there's more competition where you can have other app stores where mm. you can have other other payment methods you can put on Google Pay all the rest of it anyway to answer your question why does that mean it might be cheaper Spotify or Netflix because if they themselves create a different app store on your iPhone they could um put their service through that alternative app store or marketplace as Apple calls it and those apps plays pay 0% commission Right. To Apple. So every time I so download theory, Netflix from the App Store yeah. currently. Well, if you. Yes. Now, Netflix, ironically, has a bit of a sweetheart deal with Apple. I think they pay 15%. Um, and I think. But I think Spotify plays, pays close to the full whack. And they've. This, Spotify's founder, Daniel Eck, he's complained about this for years and years and years, right. saying that Apple's totally. Unjustified. By the way, this is the reason why Fortnite was kicked off the iPhone. So this is, I'm just breaking it down. So I, I use Spotify a lot, Adrian. We all do yeah. in my house. We have one of these family yeah. subscriptions. And you're saying that every time I stream some music on my Spotify, yeah. Apple are getting a slice. No. What I'm saying is every time you pay your monthly subscription to Spotify, Apple, Apple get a slice. a slice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so what that means for Spotify that they have to charge. So they might have charged. If you if you say you have a family subscription, I think so, that's around 18 euro a month. Yeah, right? 19.95 if, um, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they might be able to offer that for 14.95. I got if you. they didn't have to pay that huge. Uh, now, Apple being Apple, you think they're going to do this without a fight? Nope. So they've introduced a sneaky new charge um, called a core technology fee, which is 50 cents per app. Um, when it's downloaded. Now, we don't know yet what the what the effect, full effect, but between the jigs and the reels, Spotify thinks that Apple may 
be trying to recoup that loss from them. So what was a free app the European. might not be a free yeah. app. It might be 50 cents. No, it, 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 well, it, it would, so it'll almost certainly still be free to you and I in terms of it being in the app store and being able to download okay. and everything. But um, uh, uh, th- th- this, th- this is not over yet, okay? On the face of it, this should mean cheaper services like Spotify and Netflix. It should. But, but... Apple has kind of introduced another chart, so it, it, it may rumble on. Wow. It's an interesting one, but it is the way we're going. I talked to you before, Adrian, didn't I, about the introduction of a, a special level of Netflix that had ads on it. And are Prime now going to do the same? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, um, so, and what Netflix looks like, I think what they've announced that they're going to do starting in the UK and Canada, but there's no mention of Ireland yet. Sometimes Ireland is lumped in with the UK in terms of rollouts. Um, but starting with the UK, they're actually going to get rid of the cheapest plan on Netflix. So I think at the moment that's like seven ninety nine or something. Yeah. And that's the one where you can't really play it on a large telly because it's standard definition, but it's okay for a phone. Um, they're going to get rid of that altogether, and the only the cheapest one you'll be able to get is one that's like a fiver or a six year. But you must watch ads. So if you don't want to have ads on your Netflix, mm. it's pretty soon you're going to have to pay for one of the higher priced plans. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Now to your to your question, Amazon. Yeah, they're they're starting to do that as well. Um, they're starting to look at. Uh, at ads as well. I mean, these guys are just, they're, they're trying to, they're kind of trying to replace linear TV yeah. is what they're trying to do. I, mean, I, know, we, um, I remember at the time you said you never want to watch an ad again, but like, I wouldn't have a problem myself with, I'm going to watch, say, for example, the last episode of Boy Swallows Universe on Netflix. I don't mind having sort of two minutes of ads before the episode starts. If it oh, keeps down my subscription mad. price. No, no, sorry. Well, if I'm only going to do it maybe once, if I'm only going to watch that one thing, during yeah. the month, then fine. But if I'm watching Netflix, say twice a week, three times a week, no, sorry, it's it's worth paying the extra two euro or three euro <laughs> that I won't have yeah, to watch the it's ads. True. It's true. All right, listen, Adrian, thank you for that and for explaining that for us. Adrian Wechter, tech editor of the Irish Indo. So that's why when you pay for Netflix or Spotify or other stuff on your iPhone every month, you're they, Apple was taking a slice. They've been stopped doing that now, but typically Apple, they'll find, they'll find another way to make their money. Thanks, Adrian. 0818 96 96 96. By the way, I would not, I'm not an advertiser for Spotify or anything to do with it, but I would say this their family system is good value. My, my daughter's on the other side of the world at the moment and she's listening to her tunes. Um, through the family system, which is would and that's fair. That that's that's good. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Thank you, George. Great gig, by the way. He did it at Musgrave Park a few years ago. There's a video uh, circulating somewhere on Facebook. It pops up from time to time, although I haven't seen it now in a very long time. It's a little video of that particular song, and my mum, my sister-in-law, my sister, and my daughter dancing to that song Open the Stands at Musgrave Park and my mother leading the pack had Prosecco been consumed damn right it had damn right it had it was a great one though I I was at the this was from Cheryl I was at the airport yesterday found a bag of duty free in the ladies toilet someone might be looking for it give the station a call and if you're missing a bag I will get it back to its rightful owner 
thank you, Cheryl. So Cheryl's in the loo at the airport, finds a bag, and someone has gone home without their ciggies or their booze or their perfume or whatever. Uh, she has it for you. Give us a call if you lost that bag of stuff. 0818-96-96-96. And on Bambi Thug, PJ, I thought Bambi was great, but people are slating them on Facebook, calling them a freak. People are so horrible and narrow-minded. Wishing Bambi the best of luck. That's from Rose. Thanks, Rose. Yeah, Bambi issued a statement on social media, actually, following that. There was an awful pylon of very nasty, narrow-minded people um, over the weekend uh, after what happened on the Late Late Show. Um, and this statement came. I, w- I was going to ask Bambi about this this morning. Uh, and just talk it through for a minute or two. And when we get to talk, we will. But you know what happened then. Um, I'm a hard-working person who has pushed down doors for myself my whole life. I have gone through so much trauma, and I still show up with love after every obstacle and every hard time. No one's obligated to come on the journey with me. But do yourself a favor, and don't waste your life hung up with hate internalized homophobia, misogyny, transphobia, and self-hate. Practice self-compassion, and maybe you'll learn to live in love. Don't be mad, because I haven't forgotten. Don't be mad, because I haven't forgotten the art of play, fun, and creation, but you have, sending you warm, gold energy of kindness, and signed with an X. And as I said this morning, and I mean it, I've talked to a lot of artists of many different genres and have done over the years, it is very rarely that I do my first interview with someone and I find them so instantly and remarkably likable as I did with Bambi Thug. And it stuck with me, which is kind of why I'm so cross that we can't have Bambi on the show this morning. But but Bambi will be on. You can take that as given. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnituresentre.ie. Corks 96 FM. The Big Drive Home. With Izzy Showbizzy. On Courts 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4 pm, where I'll have giveaways that will make you go like this. Thanks so, so much, and we love your show. Oh, thanks so much, girl. <laughs> and I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> Plus, we'll have the chat. I say I have you tormented, but I listen to the show all day long. And I have more Oak Fire pizza vouchers up for grabs for the takeover. Join me weekdays from 4 pm. The Big Drive Home. You can drive me home. Now, last week we were talking about the rise in the number of women presenting with alcohol dependency issues. And we were looking at a figure that came out of Alcoholics Anonymous in the first fortnight of 2024. Four times as many people contacted Alcoholics Anonymous uh, women four times as many as had the previous year, reporting difficulty with drinking and wondering where they might go about getting help. Uh, and we were talking to Alcohol Dependency Ireland for more people about that. Michael, you were listening to that conversation and you wanted to take part in the programme. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Hi. What would you like to say, sir? Um, I suppose just one thing that I've noticed um 
would be the the kind of drinks um, that younger girls um, are drinking. Um, I, I'm the father of of um, two teenagers, okay. and um, um, older teenagers, and I, I would notice that that neither them nor their friends would drink beer. You know, I've, I've never seen any of them, or if if I have been out and and there are younger people in the bar, I've never seen um, younger girls having a bottle of beer or a pint of beer or a glass of beer. It all seems to be shots, shorts, sorry, shorts and shots actually, mm. um, which is. It's not. It's not good, you know, for for younger people to be drinking such um, strong alcohol. Like mm-hmm. If you think, you know, beer is what on average four and a half percent. If you're drinking a vodka and and um, a mixer like the vodka is ten times that potency. Yeah. Potency. And then there's cocktails really, really on top strong. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just it's just very worrying. Um, I think you know to see that happening. Um, as I say, you wouldn't see. I, I know when I was younger, you know, we all just drank beer. Yeah. Um, you know, boys and girls. You know, young teenage and and older girls and boys. It, was, it just was all beer. Um, I'm not saying beer is good for you, but I know I know I what you mean, it, Michael. I do know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it is it is a bit worrying. I think. Um, there's also, and I don't know if this is still going on, um, PJ. I know there's a bar in town that if if they um, tag themselves on Snapchat in a particular bar, you can actually go into that bar's Snapchat account and order a drink for your friend. Yeah, I've, be brought I, I've seen that. Uh, Snapchat is beyond my comprehension. I, I think it's designed for people, for people way younger than me. But I have yeah. seen it. Yeah, I don't know the bar involved, but I've, and that's not that happens all over the place, Michael. It's not unique to Cork, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 do, I just don't think that's... I, I can see the novelty in it, but I don't think it's a good idea. You know, I mean, if, if, if you've got a friend out and, say, four people sitting at home decide to buy them, you know, a vodka and Red Bull or, or four cocktails or whatever, you know, that's, it's costing the person sitting there nothing. Um, and, and, you know, they could end up getting very, very drunk. Yeah. Which is a bit worrying, and I also think um, I also think there's an older generation um, PJs. Well, I think there's an older generation of of women who, through no fault of their own, it was just the times, you know, say in the sixties and seventies and on into the early eighties, who either uh, worked at home or worked outside the home, but still had to work at home. So, so in other words, all the it was their job to look after the home. It was their job to do all the cooking, all the cleaning, look after the children, wear the children, and most of the time it was done on their own. And I do think there's a generation now of of older women who, you know, that all the kids are gone, they they might have grandchildren that they do help out with um, every now and again. Um, But I think there's a lot of women out there in particular that are very, very lonely, um, yeah, b- because the role has finished. As I understand that the nest is empty, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and and I, I think, I, I think you know it's a comfort thing. Maybe you know it starts off with a glass of wine, and 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 I do think there is unfortunately a generation there that that rely on on alcohol too much. Mm. 
um, and, and probably would well, have... Well, if you look at that statistic from Alcoholics Anonymous, and I don't have the notes in front of me now, so I won't go for precise numbers, but the numbers of people who contacted them for help in the first yeah. two weeks of 2024 was four times as many as in the first two weeks of 2023. That's this kind yeah. of scary phenomenon. It, it, well, I, I suppose it's two things. It's good because it means four times as many people asked for help, so that's good. That's true. Um, but also, they're only the people that asked for help. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. unfortunately, you, you probably have a... Obviously, you do. You have a larger amount of of people who haven't um, asked for help yet. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and Indeed. that's that's kind of sad in itself as well. Yeah. It's interesting, though, you're talking about the drinking patterns among younger women in particular. You never... You rarely see them with... Well, I... My, my my daughter and I love a drink together, and we'd have a drink of yeah. tobacco or a drink, and we'd, she'd always have a, have, a, have a beer with me. But when she's yeah. with her friends, she'd probably have whatever they're having, although she's fond of a beer. But anyway, I get I get your point. I get your point. There there seems to be drinking a lot of shots and a lot of spirits and a lot of cocktails, and nothing sort of like a quiet beer doesn't seem to happen. Thank you, Michael, for that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six, and those figures that came from. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I'm going to throw this in here because this is my tuppence worth. Do you remember in 2020, was it last year, 2023 or 2022? When did it, was it last year? Was it 2023 or 2022? Help me here. When they put this stupid minimum pricing in place, which by the way, fit, they went on the Scottish model. It failed dismally in Scotland, but they still went with it. Uh, this min- minimum pricing. And isn't it funny that in the year after they bring in minimum pricing, you have more people reporting problem with their drinking rather than less, even though we were told, oh, God, no, minimum pricing will solve it all. It was crap then and it's crap now. Right, back to uh, RTE and Bambi Thug and not letting us talk to Bambi this morning. One of my favourite young sports stars, and I said three or four years ago when I first spoke to him on the opinion line, I said we will one day see Aaron Hill in the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield, playing in the World Championships and playing on the single table, which means I see him at the business end of a World Championship before very, very long. He is playing out of his skin at the moment and qualifying almost for a new tournament every week. I'm so delighted to watch his his progress. His dad, Stephen, joins me. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Pete. I remember when when he beat Ronnie, and that's what you want to talk about. Well, that's what that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, it's just it's just just them when 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 Aaron did beat Ronnie that time. Instead, uh, I suppose every radio station in Ireland was phoning me, yeah, because they had Aaron's contact. But uh, one radio station was a guy came on onto me and he says, uh, "I'm representing um, Claire Bourne there. Is it possible I can give you an interview there in a minute?" I says, "I says look, I says everybody's phoning me at the minute. I I I'm after promising other people that um." I give them an interview there first. No, 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 you can't do that. You have to get, you have to, we have to come first and don't tell anybody about it. So I says, excuse me, what? What are you saying? Yeah. I says, this is a form of a bully boy here, I think I They am. were trying to pin I you down for the Clareborn show and that uh, he'd do, uh, Aaron would talk to nobody else beforehand, whereas a week pre- before that, they'd never heard of him. Exactly. Even a few days, even two days before that, they didn't even know who he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and there's no way I could put down the phone with this guy on, you cannot give another interview to anyone else. That's not that. Yeah. It happens all the time, Stephen. It happens. By the way, he's doing. He's flying at the moment. He's going back to China, and he's going to Germany. Just 
sommerforbindelse af skrælderfanger. Er det ham at lukke i skrælderfanger på sommeren altså? He is, he is, he, uh, he, like, I think he's after doing his four-year apprenticeship now, and uh, it's that this sure now is that he's off to Berlin now today, happens one, and um, then next week we have the Welsh Open when he comes back from Germany, and then he's off to um, China then again after that, Brilliant. and then you have the Wolves. And he'll be on Eurosport as well. Yeah, he the, the the world the world the world qualifying starts in about the middle of March, doesn't it? Uh, or the, the yeah, start of April? Yeah, it's a long, long tournament. But just give him my best when you're talking to him, and hopefully he'll turn up on Eurosport because they, they cover snooker brilliantly at the moment. Stephen Hill, thank you very much, Dad of the wonderful young player uh, Aaron Hill. But that's a true story. He beat Ronnie O'Sullivan. Ronnie turned around and shook his hand and said afterwards, "This kid is good." Um, and no one, the, the RTE tried to prevent him talking to anybody else before he'd spoken to them. And that is what happened this morning. Now, look, I've, I'm in a little group uh, called the Eurovision Brains Trust. And yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Sad, I know. But there's quite a large group on WhatsApp. And a lot of people in that group, without naming anybody, are very well embedded in how it all works within RTE. And I have been in my group this morning telling people what happened. And someone who knows how the system works better than anybody, and I won't give his name, he knows the system better than anybody, pretty much said to me this morning, look, PJ, that's what happens. The minute Bambi won, Bambi's then contracted to RTE. They own Bambi until Malmo is over. And they will always hold the first interview will be on an RTE show. And I said, I get all of that. I get all of that. But deliberately holding the interview to an afternoon show so that the morning radio programs around the country or particularly here in Cork couldn't get Bambi. That's just messing. There are a dozen more radio programs that could have had Bambi on could have gone on with Brendan on Saturday or Sunday. Could have gone on with Oliver this morning. Could have gone on with Claire Bourne this morning. Uh, we could have had an opportunity to talk to Bambi maybe in the third hour if RT wanted to clear their decks in the first hour. But no, they hold Bambi until the local shows are gone and done. And if that's not deliberate, I don't know what is. And particularly with the Darcy show. And look, I know Ray. I know people who work with Ray. Good people. But this idea that they'll hold it, it happened to me before, I won't mention whom, because it's a long time done, but it's a documentary that was premiering, and I was due to have the first interview with the people behind the documentary. And it was all set up and all sorted, and I got a phone call on the Sunday night. All apologies from the person who encounters a friend. I can't do it. I said, why? Because they'd been told by the team behind Ray Darcy, look, if you go anywhere else first, it'll all be dropped. And my friend wouldn't do that. And I, and I said, look, go, do what you need to do. I'm okay with that. It's, it's a dirty kind of politics, but hey, it is what it is. 0818969696. Pat says, I think we've perfectly good reporters and newsreaders and journalists like PJ who do a great job. So do we really need RTE? That's a whole discussion in itself, but thank you. Thank you for that. Um, no, it, this has gone on for years. And we just this morning, we were all set. And we get the, the the confirmation. It was just shortly after eight o'clock. We get the confirmation that it can't go ahead, having been told at the weekend by Bambi that everything would be fine. Was looking forward to speaking to us, and and in fact, uh, Palomine, 
uh, up the country on LMFM radio, Ken O'Sullivan was hoping to talk to Bambi as well. And I'm after hearing this morning that that was pulled at the last minute. So, that's what they do. That's what they do. 0818 96 96 96. I don't know, this is a random one from Tom, and I'll read it before I go to news, and if there's more in it, then we'll come back to it. Tom says, I went down to renew my residence parking permit with all of my necessary documentation. I was told that they now require the existing permit, which is displayed in the car, to be included with the documentation. I asked, what happens then if I park outside my house and a traffic warden or a guard sees it that my parking permit isn't on the car? How are they then supposed to know? And I was told if that happened, I'd have to pay the fine for that small period of time. What? What? So residence park, they're all over us here up in this part of the the town. Residence parking permits, you'd see them on the car. And of course they have an expiry date. And of course you put all your documentation together again and you reapply and you get your new permit. And and that's fine, that's all tickety-boo. But but what Tom is after telling me now is you have to take the permit off the car, right? Stick it into the application process, which I imagine takes more than a few days. And in the process, if you get a ticket, you have to pay it. What kind of nonsense? Well, now one assumes that, Tom, if you got a ticket in that period of time, you would just go straight and appeal it and it would be scratched out. Because I'll tell you this, if you didn't, if you appealed it, and it wasn't scratched out, go all the way to court with that, hold it up in front of a judge, and it'll be struck out anyway. That is the greatest load of nonsense. <sighs> and breathe, PJ. Breathe. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Corks 96 FM You're currently on 9 out of 10. Uh, your question 10 was who wrote the novel American Gods? You said Neil Gaiman. The answer, unfortunately, is Neil Gaiman. You just won Four repeat questions in there, and Look, so he did well. Here's the listen, girl. Oh my God, we'll be making a promo out of you. <laughs> <laughs> the two grand minute with Cork Dental Care. You'll be all smiles when you see their treatments with Invisalign at CorkDentalCare.ie. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Good morning. On Cork's ninety-six FM. Yeah, that list of the top ten highest earners is out this morning. I didn't make much of it. I didn't read it out. I'm I'm happy to do it if you want me to read it out. Uh, But um, Tuberty was at the top of the earnings scale in 2022 with the bones of half a million. He had 515,000 euro in 2022. That was for his combination of his Late Late Show and his radio show. And look, we all know the controversy that happened with not revisiting that here and now. But second on the list of top earners was Joe Duffy uh, who pulls in 351,000 in 2022 he has 300 and something 300,000 for the lifeline and he has 50,000 for certain television commitments like the meaning of life that kind of stuff Claire Bourne 
was third on 320 well nearly 321 she was down from 350,000 Miriam O'Callaghan was 263,500 Mr Darcy had taken a pay cut in 2022 Ray Darcy was down from 305 grand to 250 Brendan O'Connor was on 245 Brian Dobson now the first five there are all contractors uh, the staffers then start coming in Brian Dobson, good old Dobbo, retiring after 37 years in the newsroom, and one of the best out there, to be fair. Dobbo is a bit of a legend. Dobbo started in Radio Nova in Dublin back in 1900 and frozen to death. And he was a brilliant newsreader then. He remains one now. Uh, 209,000 he earned in 2022. Mary Wilson on Morning Ireland. Mary, I know well. Um... 198,000 almost. Dara Maloney from the sports department, 184,000. And George Lee, remember George Lee? George Lee was the economics correspondent. And then himself and Charlie Bird broke the bank story. And then George was recruited into politics, won an election, won a dull seat on a canter for Finnegale, and then left after a wet week. And we're back to RTE, and he's on 180,000, you might as well say, as their environment correspondent. That's the top 10 uh, from RTE this morning. Just seeing as it's in the news, I said, I'd, I'd read it out to you. 0818 96 96 96. Now, there's a, a, if I heard about this Friday afternoon, I was going around doing a few bits and pieces, and I heard about this, that a group of activists from the Cork Palestine Solidarity campaign had occupied the offices of AXA Insurance at South Mall. Now, it was a peaceful uh, occupation. There was no trouble caused at all, but they did occupy it um, as a protest against what they say are AXA's long-standing investments in Israel. And we're, what, a couple of hundred days now into what is happening and what began on the morning, early in the morning of October 7th and is still going on and we've talked about it at length and it's horrible what's happening over there. Horrible. Anne McShane, Anne, good morning. Hi, hi PJ. You were one of the people who went into AXA on Friday. Well, actually I didn't go into the building. Okay. Other people went into the building. I was outside the building okay. um, during the occupation which was, as you say, very peaceful there was discussions that took place. There were a couple of songs sang inside there and people recited Palestinian poetry. It was that kind of an event and it was aimed at drawing attention to the continued investment of AXA Insurance, which also owns Leia. Their continued investment in companies and banks that are part of the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. They have investments, big investments in, in, in Israel. So there's three banks. Um, there, there, there are companies, including Caterpillar, which I, I don't know, but I would presume the that company, Caterpillar yeah. could work. Yeah. Could could be Caterpillar, the yeah the equipment company, isn't it? Yeah, Caterpillar. plant hiring anyway, tools, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Look, there's a whole thing going on now where they're creating this buffer zone around Gaza, so I wouldn't be surprised if Caterpillar were involved in that. But more specifically, there are three banks. There's the Israeli Discount Bank, 
there's the bank Hapolium and there's the bank Liumi. These three banks invest in the settlements. So they've been part of the building of the settlements. They've been part of the maintenance of the settlements and they've been part of the transport links between settlements. And as you know, these settlements are a serious problem because Mm -hmm. the land has been taken from Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. And they've been uh, disconnected from each other. And like more than 60% of the land in the West Bank now is under Israeli occupation one way or another. Okay. They, they, they they turn up, bulldoze the houses down, um, evict the uh, occupants who then end up in refugee camps. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, you'll have probably heard that the right wing of the uh, government in Israel are calling for settlements to be commenced in Gaza. Well, in so, terms you know, in terms of covering, yeah. uh, you know, following yeah. the news from something like what is going on over there, which, as I said, is horrible and continues to be horrible. I'm a great yes. believer in the old, very old truth that is that the first casualty of war is fact. So yes. I'm very careful where I take my news from, but I do appreciate what you're telling me. But, and the question that I would ask, and... Is the, the AXA office in Cork is staffed by ordinary Cork people who have yes. little or nothing. Some of them probably couldn't even find Gaza on a map and certainly haven't been to that part of the world. Why disrupt their day's work? Well, it's not actually, to be perfectly fair, they carried on working. There was no disruption. Okay. The people that went in there, they sat in the public area, they talked, they didn't, they didn't, there was no megaphony inside or anything okay. like that. Okay. It's to make a point and maybe they maybe they agree with some of them, I don't know. Mm. A, a letter was and to the people, there's people driving around the city at the moment. Co- People are driving around our city at the moment yeah. with, an, with an AXA insurance disc on their I car. Know. Are they offending yeah. you? Well, no, they're not offending me. I want to tell them about what their company is doing. Now, AXA previously was investing in Elbit, which is a weapons uh, company, and it has disinvested to some extent in that. So the pressure does count. And I don't think people would like to think that their insurance premiums were going to fund the occupation. And that is precisely what's happening through its investment investment arm, AXA is investing in these companies which are carrying out, uh, which are, are, are inve- themselves financing the most cruel ethnic cleansing of Palestinian people. And it's all part of the problem. It's all part of the wish of the Israeli government mm. to completely empty Gaza and, and Palestine, the Palestinians. So if, if I was... And, and I don't and think and I'm and exaggerating there. I know. Though, and if I, if I was, and, and I'm not, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm insured with a different company, but if I was... Yeah. If I had my car insurance at the moment with AXA, or my house insurance, or whatever insurance I have, yeah. If I had my car insurance with AXA at the moment and I was about to renew, would you be asking me not to? Yes, I would say you should transfer to another company and you should let AXA know why you're doing so. They need to understand that the people that uh, they are, are, are their uh, subscribers up to now are unhappy about what's okay. happening. Or you could say to them, which is what we did say in the letter, that they should divest from these banks, that they shouldn't invest in them any longer and then 
happy as Larry, you know, carry on using the insurance company. Sure. But I think that they have an obligation and, and they have, the, there is this ethics code which applies to all insurance companies and AXA said that they are subscribing to that. But if you look at the fine print, you will see that that is not the case. Oh, yeah. I mean, the BTS movement researches these things well. I'm not like trying to um, no. confuse people. The, the I'm B- trying to the, inform them. The BDS yeah. boycott, divest, sanctions campaign. I've been reading a, a bit about this and uh, someone I know well has become quite an activist in it. Um, that, But one thing about Israel, and uh, this, is not, uh, this is not a pro-Israeli standpoint or a pro-Israeli comment, I'm just saying, Israeli, Israel is one of the most technologically advanced countries on the planet. And there are thousands yeah. of businesses have investment yeah. in Israel, in universities, in hospitals, in businesses, in technology, in research. I mean, you know, so are you asking everybody that has any kind of a business connection with Israel to sever it? Well, we're targeting particular companies. The BDS is targeting particular companies to highlight the problem. And of course, it's true that a lot of companies are investing in Israel and Israel is a is a powerful country, particularly because the United States stands behind it. But one of the reasons that the BDS was created was because of the fact that Israel continually fails to abide by international law. In 2004, there was a case before the ICJ, which basically uh, claimed that Israel is breaking international law through setting up these settlements. The case was successful. Israel carried on. This And this wasn't the only case, mm. again and again and again. So they were like, well, what are we going to do? There seems to be no way in which it's going to comply and the governments of the world don't seem to be pushing it to do so. So consumers themselves, people themselves should start to take action. And I think that at least we're hoping to kind of inform people. Mm. Would you be suggesting, for example, that one, when, when one goes shopping and... For the weekly yeah. shop, but it be it Super Value, Duns, Tesco, Aldi, Little, wherever you go, are you suggesting that? And because a lot of fresh produce like fruit and veg now has to have the country of origin on it, are you suggesting yeah. that stuff that country of origin is Israel be left on the shelf? What I think was a better idea is that you go up with it to the to the to the manager and say that you object. And I obviously I don't think you should buy it, but I think you should let the manager. But to the, the manager, the know. poor room manager, and has no say. If you're going to a super value but the store, manager or, can get onto his boss, can't he? But they have no say, say to them, too. You're, you're, uh, that's that that decision well, to stop that so, product is made at corporate level, like. Well, corporate level steps up to corporate level and if enough complaints are made up to corporate level then corporate level will make a decision we're not going to stock it I mean look at McDonald's McDonald's has had to come out and say that it you know it regrets well perhaps it doesn't say regrets but it's come out to respond to the fact that so many people have stopped going there internationally because of its connections its connections well it, it it provided free meals to Israeli soldiers you know, like they were taking uh, selfies, having these meals before they went in on their attacks over Gaza territory. So, yes, McDonald's has been made to pay for that and Starbucks as well. So there has been an impact. It's like 
as much as anything else, it's an awareness mm. that people have of what's going on, you know, and that companies that you think are like neutral or not involved are involved because, as you say, the financial ties are there and we want to expose them. And as I said earlier, the BDS, that's what the BDS aims to do is to bring to light what's going on and to help people to take some action themselves. So hopefully people mm. will listen and people will respond and and also get involved in the campaigns, come along on the demonstrations mm. and show your show your support for the solidarity campaign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. And would there be more peaceful and I am absolutely accept that it was completely peaceful and that yeah. nobody was disencumbered in any way but will there be more like where else give, give me another list I'm looking down on onto Patrick Street and uh, round into the Grand Parade what other companies in the city centre have connections that you would find troublesome? Well, like, I don't know what plans there are, but Starbucks is there and McDonald's is there, but I don't know what plans there are. I'm not making any, okay. you know, statements of any intention to do that. But just one thing I wanted to say there, and I, I, I have to say this because it's important. Last week, Cove, where I'm from, Cove, I'm the chair of the Cove Palestine Solidarity Campaign. Uh -huh. Our, the, the entire Cove Municipal District brought a motion to Cork uh, City Council, sorry, Cork County Council, and it was taken under any other business. And that Cork County Council voted unanimously to support the BDS. So that means that Cork County Council and Cork City Council now both commit not to purchase any uh, Israeli goods, to boycott Israeli goods. So it's not just us as a small group saying mm. this. This is this is something that our elected representatives have taken well, up. And hopefully that will become something then that's bigger. Kate know? is reminding us of the time and I remember interviewing them yeah. later and they made a they wrote a book about it, the Dunn stores workers refused oh, to oh, handle goods during the apartheid movement. Yeah. I, and I remember that very, very, very well. Yeah, I remember well it. it was the reason I got involved in political activity yeah. because they were just so inspiring. You know, and and I think that like the fact that Israel, sorry, the fact that South Africa is so involved at the moment in bringing the case to the ICJ shows, you know, the relevance of that campaign, mm. the impact of that campaign. You know that everybody remembers Ireland standing up uh, for uh, people in South Africa. And now hopefully people will remember Ireland standing up also for people in mm. Palestine and the boycott campaign is part of that. John in Cove is asking on the phone uh, and why do they not protest about killings on a vast scale in the likes of Syria and, and Yemen? There seems to be a strange focus on Israel. I'm not minimising what is happening there but I get uncomfortable when it's only one country highlighted. Feels hypocritical, well, says John. I, I absolutely agree that we should be protesting about those killings and those massacres as well. There's a lot going on in the world to protest about. But this particular issue is, I think, is at the centre of so much of what's happening in the world today. It's in the Middle East um, and it's, you know, it's on our screens day and night, the deliberate killing of Palestinians and the deliberate flouting of international law. And I think that it has to be stood up 
against and I hope that Irish people will pressurise their government to do more and I hope that the boycott divestment campaign will bring what's happening to light as well and, and, and continue to support that and particularly as our elected representatives are taking it up. So I don't disagree with John but I just think you could, you know, you, 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 by supporting this campaign, you're also, in a way, you're supporting those other campaigns because you're making an issue of something which is at the heart of the mm. way we're, we're, our world um, operates today. Briefly, as it's as it's topical, and do you think that Ireland should be sending an entry to the Eurovision Song Contest as we intend to do? No, I don't. I think we should boycott the Eurovision Song Contest. I think that the Eurovision Song Contest will probably be quite uh, a controversial affair this year because of the uh, antagonism of many people in the world to Israel taking part. Um, I think that Ireland shouldn't take part in the basketball um, game with Israel either that's coming up. And I definitely don't think that Irish politicians should be going with their shamrock to Washington on Patrick's Day. And actually, the SDLP has been the first, to be fair, to say that they are not going to go to the celebrations on Patrick's Day at, at the White House, mm. which I think is a brave stand. And I hope our other politicians take the same stand. I think it would be much more powerful for Irish politicians to say as much as they want to have good relations with the United States, they will not condone this. I, I read it. So, yeah. some- discussion about that over the weekend and and it was quite a polite discussion on one of the social media platforms where this man was, and he seems to have some Irish American connections, was making the point that there's no other country in the world has the opportunity on its national holiday to do the kind of business that our government and our industrial bodies like the IDA have over there and we can make our point and voice our objection at those meetings. Staying at home achieves nothing. That was his argument. Yeah, well, so this I say two things. Firstly, is money making more important than people's lives? That's the first issue. The second thing is what the SDLP are doing is they're going there to go to meetings and I would hope to protest because a lot of Americans are taking to the streets also against the attacks on Gaza, mm. but they're not going to the celebrations. You're suggesting so Leo shouldn't go to the Oval Office? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. With a gift, with a gift to a president that's sending bombs in boats to um, Israel every week. Absolutely not. I mean, Irish Americans are in those protests in the United States. They're also opposed to the war. And I think you want to tell them that you're supporting their um, struggle against the war and not their government. So I think the celebrations, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um you have to have principles. And, and I think like so far, Ireland has been good in so far as that it hasn't withdrawn its funding from UNRWA. You, of course, the, 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 the withdrawal of funding from UNRWA since allegations were made last this week. Is the, yeah, Ireland this is the United Nations uh, group that there have yeah. been, it, it has been alleged, that there's no proof of it, exactly. but it has been alleged exactly. that they supported what happened on October the 7th. Yes, yeah. alleged alleged on the basis of information that came from questioning. Well, ele- alleged, regardless of where the information exactly. came from, Alleg- I guess. But well, alleged. Anyway, yeah, nothing, nothing has been proven, as the song said. Nothing, nothing has, has been, been proven, proved. And the yeah. people have been, exactly, and the people have been sacked. And as Onra said, this is an act of collective punishment, mm. and I am very proud 
and I wouldn't normally say this, that Ireland at this stage is refusing to um, to join the other nine who have cut their funding, including the United States. And if Ireland can stand strong on that, I think that Ireland can stand up to the United States. Well, I think I the statement, the, 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 if you like, the, the noises coming out of our political classes over the weekend were along the lines of, well, nothing has been proved. Yes, I know exactly. No, they have been. They have been strong on it, definitely. Mm. And that's extremely good. And I, okay. I really hope that they don't buckle on that. Okay. And I hope that that, you know, feeling of principle that they have over this question extends to all aspects of its dealings with the United States and Israel. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. Thank you, Shane. I've enjoyed that. And, and rather, Anne McShane. I've enjoyed that uh, conversation. And Anne is a solicitor, human rights solicitor in particular. And... Um, as part of that group on Friday, the Cork Palestinian Solidarity Campaign. It's kind of a broad conversation. She mentioned two companies, well, AXA, three companies, AXA Insurance. She's suggesting that if you have AXA Insurance on your car, your house, whatever you have it on, that at the end of the at the end of the uh, current contract that you have with them that you should go to another company and if enough people did that then actually would get the message of maybe pull out of of their business in Israel that's that's one view that she, she also reckons we shouldn't go to Starbucks because they have Israeli ties we shouldn't go to McDonald's because of this story and I did hear that story that McDonald's gave free food to members of the Israeli defense forces what little I know about the area and it's 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 minuscule um is there are it is there are dozens of companies that have business ties to Israel because Israel is a very technologically advanced na- nation and they suggest Anne and others would suggest we don't do business with any business that has connections at the moment to Israel I'd like your, 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 your thoughts on that I'd also like your thoughts on we are sending Bambi to Eurovision um, your thoughts on whether we should even be going at all uh, would 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 you deliberately not buy a product that had written on it fruit, vegetable, whatever produce of Israel? Would you leave it after you on the shelf at the moment? Um, just that kind of thing. Uh, just a general conversation, not getting too political about it. But your own feelings, I'd, I'd like to know. Then Mary says, "Why should I charge? Why should I change my insurance company when it's the only company that is cheaper for me?" How do we know that other companies aren't doing the same thing, says Mary. But Shona says, outrageous, I'll be staying with AXA. Both sides are as bad as each other. Kate reminds us of the Duns workers. Uh, Barry says, where were these people when Irish troops were killed and injured in the Middle East by various factions? Annoying old curtain twitchers is all they are, (laughs) says Barry. Of course Leo will go before he's kicked out of government, says Shona. A free trip. Yeah, 0818-969696. On the Eurovision, Iceland may well end up sending a gay Palestinian man to Eurovision. Uh, There's a man called, a pop star called Bashar Murad, who is in the final selection for Iceland's Eurovision song. That's interesting. A Palestinian, gay Palestinian man. Um, And look, that's in Iceland sending a gay Palestinian man to the Eurovision It'll, that'll be interesting um, they haven't had their final a lot, a lot of places are having their final selections at the moment 
come back to the taxi driver, the attack on the taxi driver. If a judge was driving a taxi for just one night and was attacked and badly beaten or even murdered, um, oh God, hold on. That's a confusing message. I'll have to reread it for myself because it's got, it's, if, if, okay, if a, ta- if a judge was driving a taxi for just one night and was attacked and badly beaten, if he ended up in court facing his friend, who's another judge, would his friend give the animals involved a caution and let them walk free? We all know what the answer is. I get it now. I get it. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Corks 96 FM to Cork's 96FM on your smart speaker. Play. Press play and step to the beat. Simply say, play Cork's 96FM. Yeah, I'd like your thoughts on that. It's it's quite controversial at the moment that Leo will go to the White House. That's not going to change. Leo will go to the White House for St. Patrick's Day. And indeed, lots of ministers, cabinet members, will go to various parts of the United States for St. Patrick's Day. There will be someone go to Jerusalem as well, you may be sure of it. Um, they generally go to Jerusalem and they go to Beirut and they go to all Tel Aviv. There's always someone goes there too uh, for the course of St. Patrick's Day. That list will be out, actually. The list of who goes where is usually out around Valentine's Day. So we'll watch, we'll watch for it and see. A lot of people thinking that it shouldn't, they shouldn't perhaps, um, they shouldn't perhaps um go to anywhere like the States or indeed and particularly not to the States, particularly not to um to the States on, on, on uh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh wait one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six or stop buying stuff that comes out of Israel or stop supporting businesses that have, shall we say, legs and tentacles in Israel. I'm sure if you go down any main street in the country and check out any household name business you'll find somewhere a connection to Israel, which could make life a little bit difficult. But there you go. 0818 96 96 96. What am I going with, guys? Just let me know on my ear there, and I'll, I'll, I'll um, see where we are. That, uh, Anne was making the point, if you're insured with AXA and you're about to change your contract, consider going to another insurance supplier because... Well, AXA is deeply embedded in many businesses in in Israel uh, and send, send them the message that you don't approve of that. Is, is that something that you will consider doing? Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Do you remember I spoke recently with Shannon Butler, who was leaving and clo- closing down. She was leaf- Leafling Mercantile. It's that beautiful shop, Leafling Mercantile, was to close in November. Do you remember I was talking to Shannon about that back in November. It was a tough call to make for like 48 years. It was the local butchers. It was Lorden's Butchers. And that's the space that I took over. But I was like, oh, it'd be great to just have something where people can bring in their own containers. You have had people yeah. coming along to refill stuff. It's an ecological thing, I guess. 
with all the plastic and, you know, everything that is happening in the world now with our environment. It's not a new thing. It's kind of like I was saying to somebody there a couple of days ago, I was like, it's actually going back to the way that people used to shop. Yeah. Do you know? It's true. If you go back 50 years, every, nothing was packaged. You know, you had a, a, you brought in your own stuff and you filled it up. Basically, it's a really great business, but I employ people to work. And just with the cost of everything going up this last year, I mean, previous years was grand. But this last year is just definitely different. And it's like I was speaking with another business owner and they're like, yeah, it's really dicey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good word. It's dicey. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have a great week. Um, you know, we rely on the imbalance, but we rely on the summers to kind of pull us through to the winter and we mm -hmm. get through Christmas and whatnot. But we didn't have that summer this year with the rain. July was awful. I'd say a lot more people were traveling outside of Ireland. And it just, I had to make the call. That was Shannon talking to me back in November about leafling mercantile balance spittle. Steph Ayers, good morning. Good morning, Peter. You are, How are you doing? Good. You are the proud new owner. I am, of, thank of you leafling so mercantile. <laughs> yeah, and you will be, you'll be changing the name, but how did this come about? So I heard Shannon was closing um, and it was it was devastating, um, I think, to the whole community and to myself included. I always shop there as well. I would get all of my bulk refill herbs, spices, all those kind of things. And um, it felt just such a shame to see something like that go because it obviously had a lot of love put into it. And um, I think that really showed through. So I um, I asked Shannon kind of all the details about it and bit by bit it came clear that it, I could take it over so it's very exciting to be doing that The costs were starting to smother Shannon a little they haven't gone to, gone away you know No, exactly How are you going to manage that? So I'll be running it myself so I'll be working in the store myself so that's a huge cost um, kind of diverted the cost of employing people I may take on a, a part-time employee but it will mostly be me Okay. You're uh, six days a week. You're a lot of hard work ahead of you here. Oh yeah, a lot of hard work. I'm I'm no uh, no stranger to hard work. I've been a chef for a good few years, so um, you know all about six days a week as a chef. Yeah. <laughs> and you're exactly. changing the name to Gather. Where's that come from? Yeah, Gather Community Grocery. So that's kind of the subheadings as well. So. I wanted to instill, it's a community grocery store. I wanted to instill a sense of community. Um, there are plans in the future for maybe doing events, things like that, making it more of a community hub. Mm. But it's so central to the community. And gathering groceries, gathering mm. people together, that was the main focus of that. The, the beauty of the leafling was the, the, the lovely, fresh, local produce and local products and you keep that up exactly yeah um totally championing all of our local producers who are creating great things and bringing that to people making it more accessible um in slightly wider communities as well mm. and that's the main aim yeah so when will you open or are you open already i'll be opening on the thursday the 8th of february thursday that's the 8th of the, february well good luck with, and will you open as gather 
I will open as some kind of a hybrid. We're going to do the rebranding and kind of get that going, but I needed to be open so that the community okay. could, could have their store back, basically. The rebranding is something that I think you have some expertise in because you're a, an illustrator and designer. I worked as a freelance graphic designer for a while, um, but I studied illustration as my degree. Okay. Um, I was trying to get into the animation industry um, for a little while there. And I've kind of pivoted away from that for various okay. reasons. Okay. But yeah, so I would have done illustrations for books. I've okay. done packaging design for companies, um, those kind of things. Okay. But okay. nothing on screen, unfortunately. Okay. Not yet. There's never, yeah. never, yeah. never say never. Who knows? Well, good luck with it. Good luck with it. You, Thank you, you saved. Very much. You have stepped in to save a much loved outlet. I've only ever been in it once or twice, but much loved and a beautiful little shop, and and may it, may it continue to grow to great things. Steph Ayres, thank you, who has taken over, taken over Leafling Mercantile in Balance Spittle, and will be rebranding and re, well, she reopens next week, the eighth of February, and she will rebrand it towards a new name of Gather over the, the months to come. Thanks for that. 0818969696. On the subject of your attitude to Israel and Israeli products and all that vast canvas, Maeve says, PJ, boycott is essential in situations like this. It played a huge part in ending apartheid in South Africa. Israel has been breaking international law with impunity for decades at the expense and suffering of the Palestinians. We can't let these companies continue to contribute to illegal settlements or to support the IDF. If we shout loud enough, there'll be changes eventually that will benefit all war-stricken countries. It's the same warmongering governments that are causing all the suffering in the world. If you thought it was acceptable to boycott Russia, you should think it's even more acceptable to boycott Israel. Ireland should also be boycotting Eurovision. It's disgraceful that Israel has ever been let near it in the first place says Maeve. Thank you for that. People have asked me a hundred times about that. Why is it that Israel is in Eurovision because it's not in Europe? Well, for the very same reason that Australia is in Eurovision. It's a member of the EBU, the European Broadcasting Union. Canada, in actual fact, is a member of the European Broadcasting Union. And one day, I imagine Canada might take part in the Eurovision Song Contest. That's why they're there. That's why they're able to be there, because they're members of the EBU, and as are, are Germany. They've won it several times. Last time Israel won it was um, a very strange song, a very, very strange song called Toy. Um, and I had a load of those little Chinese cats on the stage. Remember that one? And then they won it back um, in the 80s. Couple, they won it twice in a row, I think, at one point in the 80s. I just reminded myself there, it's roughly 25 years ago, this very week, I set foot myself for the very first time in that part of the world. I had the privilege of travelling to Tibnin, to Camp Shamrock, to spend time with the Irish Army members of uh, Unifil. And I spent, God, I spent over a week there, and I met them and interviewed them and made a little radio documentary about soldiers serving over there. And my one ob- that's well, my one observation at the time, and I remains my view, it is one of the most beautiful parts of the world I've ever laid eyes on in my entire life. And it is an absolute tragedy to see what is going on. It's just awful. Awful, 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 awful. And there's no end to it. And back then they even thought there might be some end to it in sight, but no. 
So that's my own thoughts about it. 0818-96-96-96. There's a dolly travelling around the world. And we'll find out why next. So imagine being a person who loves to travel yourself, right? But you can't for health reasons. So what's the best thing to do? Well, I don't think anybody would think of stitching up a little cloth doll and sending it around the world to represent you. And joined by Owen Kelly and his daughter, Meyer Kelly. Um, Owen, you made Seamus out of denim. Good morning. Good morning to you, PJ. Um, yeah, um, he's he's just made up out of scraps from the uh, from the floor of the studio, as such. But I, I, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't take kindly to being called a doll. But just I, I imagine for people's reference. What do you call him uh, then? Uh, he's a oh, I know a creative manifestation. I call him Seamus. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's 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 what he is. Seamus O'Cummonsy. Seamus O'Cummonsy, I love it. And Seamus is now representing you because your 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 ability to travel has been somewhat yeah. stymied by your health. Yeah, I got I got a, a spinal condition um, a couple of years ago, just after lockdown, actually. And um, yeah, no, I love to travel. And I travel. I, I, I uh, coach sports and stuff like that. So um, my mobility was a was a big thing. And going and visiting people and seeing things. The last couple of years, I've not really had a a chance to do so. And there's some very good friends of mine, and even my mum over in Wales, who I'd love to go and see, but I just don't have the ability and um i was stitching this doll and just thought well that would be a cool idea yeah well i thought it'd be an odd idea um um, you're 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 stitch you're stitching as a all your life it's just a hobby how did you how did you get that that hobby where'd that come from um well um gosh i'll keep a short story but um uh, i just at the age of five my my mum and my uh, grandmother my grandmother lived with us she was very deaf and she lived with us all her life and um she had her own little sitting room and um she used to stitch that was a big thing she did and i would go in and i would um kind of join in you just and i say i don't remember starting but my mum says i was about i was about five when i started and um and I was introduced into it and and has consequently discovered that i'm 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 a fifth generation stitcher that um you know my great great grandmother i've got some pieces of of embroidery and stuff that they stitched wow. so i don't know if it's possibly i was i mean it's odd that i'm a man i do appreciate that because most most stitches i come across are of the female persuasion and um i think some of it was i was the youngest of three boys and my mum was kind of keen on someone keeping the tradition going yeah. So she encouraged me, and it seemed perfectly normal. Bring in your daughter, Meyer, at this stage. Meyer, do you, yeah. do you stitch? I, I do. I ha- I'm actually trying to pick it back up again. After I was down with Dad and Mum over Christmas, I kind of, you're kind of sitting there sometimes, you know, and it's kind of nice to do something with your hands, mm. whether you're, you know, I don't know, watching something or just doing something to pass the time. But Dad had us, had us practicing on little pieces of <laughs> fabric when we were quite young. Teaching us all the different kinds of stitches. I've still got them, Ma. I've still got them. Huh? I've still got some of them. Yeah, yeah. He has a thing called a memory skirt. Right. Yeah. So talk to me about Seamus, Mark, because you started him on his travels. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was very very lucky and very honoured to be his first host. 
Mm. Where did he go with you? So he so he came up to Cork with me from the West Cork Connect from Skibbereen. Okay. And almost immediately, he actually went up to Dublin with me because I was starting a new job. And he came to came with me on my first day at the new job. So I took him around, you know, the, the classic sites in Dublin. We went to Hapsney Bridge, Temple Bar, Brilliant. Dublin Castle. And he came up to to um, the Stardust Memorial Park with me, where it's near where I work. And yeah, then we went back down. Yeah. And I took him around UCC, because um, that's where I studied and I lived close by. And we saw the Ohm Stones and the Honan Chapel. Wow. And we made we made a very essential stop at Lennox's. Of course. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and that's that's where the and I know that your is it your sister has brought him to 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 Dublin or to Galway rather and, and mm-hmm. to Shannon. And Owen, you've had offers now of people to take him all over the world. How would one get Every, involved in this? Everywhere. Everywhere. Um well the, I I ended up you know, I do most of my work through Facebook, but um, I, I ended up making a specific page for him, Seamus O'Commonsy. And um, so his adventure, so the idea is is that you get, you get him. It's not just you get him, but you get him and then you take some photographs and you kind of, of what you like, you know, and what, what part of your culture. or a lot, of the, a lot of the people that have been asking are, other, are fellow stitchers, you know, from around the world sort of thing, and mainly because... I presume I, I, you know, I promoted it on in stitching groups, um, but now it seems to have, he seems to have had offers to go everywhere. So it's it's onto the Facebook page and um, say that you want to and DM him about the location. At the moment, um, he's in Ireland for the next three or four weeks, um, and then he's got a tour of the UK. He's got a tour, and the he's got a tour of Europe. Um, uh, there's a woman organising a tour of America, and there's a, for some reason a huge demand from Australia and New Zealand. I just I don't know if it's stitching is particularly popular there, or they just like the fun of it. Brilliant. But um, they seem to have been very much so from Nova Scotia to Uruguay. So far, it's well, it's it's one of the cutest little ideas I've heard in a while. You can't travel yourself, so so Seamus no. will travel on your Seamus will live vicariously, or you will live vicariously through yes. through Seamus. And you started the ball rolling, Meyer. It's a lovely idea. Seamus O'Cummonsy, you'll find him on Facebook or probably on Instagram as well. And if you want to take him somewhere with you, contact you contact contact Owen and then contact Seamus himself. And I think that's lovely. That's so cool. Owen Kelly and Meyer Kelly, thank you. 0818969696 I do think that is about the size of it for today yes it is a program edited by Emer O'Hay produced and researched by Fergal Barry all of your podcasts will be up ASAP and we will talk to you tomorrow imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.